This podcast is a production of Mutant Donkey. Uh, if you like Mutant Donkey, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mutant donkey. You can also follow us on Twitter at mutant underscore donkey. We also have a presence on YouTube at the Mutant Donkey channel, so please like and subscribe if you like this. Thank you. Let me scratch. Can you guys hear that? Can you not? Oh, okay. It's a great way to start the podcast. Okay, well, we're introducing <laughs> Candy. Shut up, Josue. Okay, Candy from California. Say hi. Hi. And then we have Ethan Cito from Texas. Hi. We have Mopi from Texas. Howdy. We have Andrusito from uh, Texas. Hello. And we have Josue from Puerto something, right? Puerto something, yeah. Okay, How's it yeah. going? <laughs> yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Okay, so you guys ready to start this thing? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, all right, let's talk at the top of the order. The As power is yours. The power right. is ours. Uh, any interesting <laughs> experiences lately? Like, what have you done lately that has tickled your fancy? Let's start with Ethan from Texas. Well, today I was playing some CSGO. Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty intense match. Uh, I was playing with people who were ranked a lot higher than me. Mm. And then... Uh, at the end of the game, like right before uh, the end, one of our teammates got banned for cheating. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. Was he using a bot or something? An aimbot? Yeah, he got banned from uh, VAC for using uh, software. What a so nerd. That was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but could you tell that he was using the software or was he actually doing well? Yeah, the, the com uh, he was doing pretty well and uh, the automated computer system picked up on him that he was using that. Oh, okay. Was he using that thing where it makes you dodge all the time? That spinning thing? No, I think he was just using like wall hacks to see where people were. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cheater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the last time I queue with that guy. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do you have do you have a choice of who to queue with when you play that? Uh, yeah, because I had gotten into a lobby with mm -hmm. one guy mm -hmm. who I know. And he's like really high ranked. So when you have a really high rank with a really low rank, you have to have all five people in a queue. Okay. Or else it won't let you do it. Oh, so I see. We, had, we, we were just like inviting random people in. Okay. So. Cool. So, um, Candyman, let's go to you. Do you have any interesting experiences you want to talk about that you've had lately? Candyman? So, yeah, I have been playing. Um, a game called Space Engineers that's actually uh, pretty interesting. Uh -huh. It's kind of like Empyrean, except it uh, it's not as survivally. Um, it's more it's like more focused on the building side of things than on the um, kind of the combat side of things. So more realistic physics, I guess. Yeah, so it's more realistic physics. Um, you're you're 
yeah, I've had some pretty, so, so probably the best one I, I saw here is, a, so the best thing that probably happened to me was really interesting. So you know, everything has realistic weight in physics. So I made a ship and I was taking off from the planet because I wanted to go to the moon. Mm -hmm. And I had to build, this one doesn't have like blueprints like Empyrean where you can just like spawn in a ship and go happy time. You have to like build your own ship. So I built my ship and I decided to fly to the moon. I got up out of orbit and I was feeling really proud of myself. But then the moon was kind of across the planet for me. Like, I had to skip across the atmosphere to get to the moon because it wasn't, it turns out I wasn't, like, directly below the moon when I left the planet. Mm -hmm. So I was getting across the atmosphere and just going towards the moon, and I thought I was getting closer to the moon, and I saw my, my velocity was 100 meters a second, which is the cap that the game can simulate. Okay. And I was like, well, I've got to be getting closer to the moon. And uh, it turned out I was caught in the gravitational pull of the planet, and I crashed into the planet. I, I literally got pulled back down to the planet, and 100 meters a second was actually... It doesn't tell you your velocity in relation to anything, it just tells you how fast you're going, and so it yeah. turned out I was going 100 meters a second straight down, so my ship <laughs> hit the surface of the planet and just blew, blew up into huge pieces. Jesus Christ. You blew the planet? <laughs> I mean... Uh, not, on <laughs> not on purpose. Not on purpose. That's pretty funny. But uh, actually, I, I missed a step. I needed to ask you about your gaming credentials. Because I know you have, like, massive gaming credentials, right? Massive. I think everybody here probably does. I mean, do we... You, me specifically? Yeah, yeah, you specifically, because uh, I think you... Um, I th I've played, like, I'm, like, a gaming addict. I've played my whole life... Um, I tend nowadays, like I still, I used to play a lot of role-playing games, MMOs. I played pretty much everything that's come out, mm -hmm. but I, I don't really gravitate quite as much that way anymore. Um, but I have played like World of Warcraft and all that stuff, and, and enjoyed it at the time. Yeah. Um, now I kind of orient more towards uh, sandbox games, like uh, and typically survival type sandbox games, like Seven Days to Die, yeah, Empyrean, um, kind of make your own fun actually one called kenshi but typically like sandbox game. i like kind of building games like i like base building games and mm -hmm. sandbox games like i like to build stuff okay and also talk to us about your comic book credentials because i know you're a comic book or you were a comic book collector right from an early age yeah no i still have uh, uh i really have a lot of comic books I, I i don't buy them anymore i haven't bought them for a long time but but i do have thousands of comic books and back in the day when I was, before the comic, San Diego Comic Con kind of got co-opted into more of a um, kind of a movie and pop culture thing, and yeah. it was really about comic books. You know, people like Mark and I and, and Ethan, we'd all go to the comic conventions and we'd actually, like, try to fill out our collect. You know, you'd go with a list of things that you wanted to try to find, like, uh, issues that you'd want to find. And hmm. uh, My sister actually works for Marvel. She, uh, That's she right. Worked. She has one of the last interviews with Stan Lee before he passed away, right? Yeah, she actually was. Uh, she actually went to the front page of Reddit um, a while back before Stan Lee died. She had a picture with him mm -hmm. and an interview with him on the red carpet, which was his last one. And uh, she actually went to the front page of Reddit, which is like a life dream for nerdy people. Yeah. Which is interesting because your sister does not qualify, in my opinion, as a nerdy person per se. Like you were always like diehard nerdy guy, and she was not so much, right? Yeah, and it's 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 interesting because she's actually got some books published now. She's got like some like kind of like women 
you know, kind of like female perspective, you know, kind of female superhero stuff, kind of female okay. perspective on superheroes and kind of some origin stuff. And okay. so she just like printed her second book, I think, you know, on, on that subject matter. And she also hosts like a Marvel show and she does like interviews and she does the red carpet premieres. Like she was just out in Hollywood like a couple weeks ago for the red carpet premiere of Captain Marvel. Okay. Well, that fits within this episode because we're going to touch on both Captain Marvel and Alita Battle Angel. Uh, you know, talking about, you know, the strong female superheroes right now. Wow. Um, but anyway, let's go to uh, Andrew from Texas and see what interesting things he's done lately. Well, I'd like to touch Captain Marvel, but I didn't. Gross. Um, <laughs> I, uh... Gross. Wow, so something that uh, tickled my fancy, uh, I believe, were the words you said. Uh, <clears throat> if you don't want Yeah, I mean... I, this is a family podcast, for Christ's sake. It used to be. It used to be uh, until you guys got on this thing. Uh, well, I know I'm going to talk later about what I've watched and what I've played and all mm -hmm. that nonsense. So uh, I'll just say I'm in between classes right now, and I actually got 100% in the last class I was in working on my master's. So, nice. Uh, Dude, we're is, not here to start your ego. I mean, congratulations. That's uh, Well, I mean, I, I got my fancy tickled. There you go. <laughs> So that was your interesting experience lately? Your pickle was fancied or whatever? Yeah, my okay. uh, my fancy was tickled by okay. my class. But well. yeah, I've also, since then, I've got, like, let's see, one, two, three, four, I've played five different games, I've watched a lot of TV, watched a mm -hmm. couple of movies, so okay. I'm binging everything uh, before class starts up again next week. Right. Well, we'll hit all that in a bit. We're going to go one, you know, point by point and discuss all that stuff. So now let's go to Mopi. Do you have any interesting experiences? That we had lately? Um, does this have to be gaming? Or oh, anything, anything. Talk about whatever all you right, want. All right. Well, um, I was riding this horse, and she she's kind of a brat, but uh, I was riding her, and she ran off with me. Did you make it back? No, yeah, I, I, I think I'm still alive, but um, yeah, she ran off with me, and it was scary, but you know, we're alive. Where did she run off with you too? We were, no, she. We were closed in in a pen, and she kind oh. of lost control. Uh -oh. But there was another rider in there with me, so, um, this pony is running like, like crazy with this other horse in there, and it's kind of chaotic. But, so you guys you almost know. crashed. Yep. Oh man. It's all good. That would be scary, no? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. uh, how about Josue? Do you have anything exciting for us other than work, 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 and more work? Man, this is a pure <laughs> work. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Yeah, like, but really, uh, I've been doing the same thing, like playing the the same video games, uh, uh, Pokemon Go, everything that is like uh, Pokemon related, everything that is like. Uh, uh, AR on the cell phone because I barely touch my computer anymore. Really? It's it's really crazy. Oh, because yeah. you have the copper I, tunnel thing, right? You have a problem with your wrist or something? I did have it, uh -huh. um, and when, when I had it for a really long time, I had to recover, so I stopped. But I, now that I'm better, I haven't I haven't touched it again in, in a while. Did you have so to have surgery? No, not really. What they subscribed was like just um, having uh, basically like a tourniquet in it, mm -hmm. and uh, I had it for a really long time. And now that I'm better, I'm just not 
<laughs> not going back into the actual PC gaming, but everything that is mobile, I've been really active on. Okay, but that uh, happened because you were playing too much World of Warcraft, right? Not only that, yeah. like everything that is first-person shooter and all that. Oh, um, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm better now. It's oh, like okay. Well, happy to hear that. Um, yeah. Um, one other game that I've been into is um, um, Jurassic World Live. I don't know if you guys have even tried it on the mobile. It's similar to Pokemon Go, and uh -huh. it's on VR. It's if you guys you know like dinosaurs and stuff like that. It's really good. So you just go around capturing dinosaurs. Uh, in a way, it's not actually capturing. It's just mm -hmm. getting DNA to recreate them later, and then ah. you can fight. You can okay. fight with them. Okay, which so you, is really cool. So yeah. you grow them and then you fight them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So I will, uh, I will, I will go next and tell you the interesting experiences lately. I went to the Owlcon, mm -hmm. which is comic book convention here in Houston and Rice University. I went there a couple of weeks ago with my friend John, and we played D and D Fifth Edition for the first time. I never played that particular edition. Uh, I f I'm finding a weird thing. I don't know if Candyman can back me up or has any uh, angle on this, but I find a lot of people are classifying. D&D 5th edition as a true D&D and Pathfinder as a more strategic kind of battle simulation. But I think I have a problem with that definition. And I think that's a definition given by people that are not very well informed about what D&D is. Because in my opinion, Pathfinder is a lot more tied to the original Advanced Dungeons and Dragons than D&D 5th edition. To me, D&D 5th edition is kind of like when you play Monopoly and then you have Monopoly Junior. It's kind of like a nice entry to a game, a simpler way of playing things. But... As you know, we all-time gamers know, like we appreciate complexity in gaming. You know, well-placed complexity, and we we appreciate depth of character development and character creation, which is something that I gotta say that D and D Fifth Edition didn't quite have. But you know, I guess Wizards of the Coast has kind of like the market co cornered with like Nerdist and Geek and Sandry, Matt Mercer, and all those people. They're all you know saying Fifth Edition is what you need to be playing. I'm like. Not really. They're saying that you can't roleplay unless you're playing 5th edition. And I have a big, massive problem with that. I think that Pathfinder, or any system, is just a set of rules. And that the roleplaying and the quality of the story and the roleplaying comes with, you know, the story that is being portrayed, not with what particular system you're using. Uh, but anyway, that's beside the point. I just went to play 5th edition for the first time. It was fine. It was easy to learn. It was kind of seamless, but a little bit too simplistic for my taste. And to, I also played a game called Ogre, which came out in the 80s, and I'm doing this for Eat. I'm from California because he asked me about it. And Ogre is a board game where you play one against one, and one person plays the Ogre, which is an overpowered tank that has to cross the field from one end to the other. And the other player plays a, lot of, a bunch of little troops that are trying to take down the tank's guns and the tank's treads to keep the big, huge Ogre tank from coming and destroying their base and making it back out. And uh, so it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty cool game. And there's very different ways to play it, very different scenarios. I believe that it is now a Steve Jackson property, if I'm not mistaken. So they're coming out with little minis and expansions. You can put boards together. You can make massive boards with it. I don't know. It's pretty cool. So uh, that's, that's the kind of interesting stuff that we did. We also went yesterday. We played in our Pathfinder campaign yesterday. And we went to a place called Vic T and Victory. And I think Andrew recommended that, right? Had you gone through that one? Yeah, cool. How was it? I still haven't been back there since I 
Check oh, it, it was, out. It was really good. It's a cafe. It's a gaming cafe. And I think it's the first one of its kind here in Houston. I haven't really seen another gaming cafe like that. I mean, there's there's stores, comic book stores, where you can go play and you can go game. But a cafe that's exclusively for gamers, uh, you know, that that's a first. I mean, that was, that's an idea that I had, you know. I don't know if I told you about the Orkan Ladle on the idea I had to have like a tavern where people would come in and, and play games. Well, this is kind of like what, what it is, but it's like a coffee shop. But they also have like a unique beers and stuff like that. Uh, my only complaint is that maybe they play a little bit loud and they have music playing in the background, which is kind of weird when you have a place where people need to communicate with each other when they're playing board games. And, mm. and you know, when you have loud music playing in the background, it's kind of hard to talk to people. So I have a group of 11 players for the Pathfinder campaign and for me to make my voice heard so that everybody can follow my adventure was a little bit hard yesterday. But mm. overall, we had a lot of fun, and it's a really, it's a really nice place. So I'm gonna go ahead and put in the link, um, in the description for the podcast. I'm gonna put the the website for Tea and Victory here in Houston. But did no, you, did you eat while you? Oh no, there? we ate, we drank. The other thing that I, the food is excellent, the beer is excellent. Oh, cool. My only gripe is that maybe the beer is way overpriced. Oh yeah. And it wouldn't be overpriced if they didn't serve it in such a small glasses. I feel like mm. the, the, the the price they were giving me should have been the beer for the the price for a pint and not a small glass of beer. You know, yeah. twelve dollars for a small glass of beer is not what I want. I, I know Kanyman probably pay, pays that in LA, but here in Houston, twelve dollars for yeah. a glass of beer is not what yeah. we want to be paying. So down here in Houston, we got lower prices. <laughs> Come on down. So yeah, I know. All right. Well, that's that's my little soapbox of what I've been doing or, you know, experiences lately. Um, we're going to go on. Does anybody have any books that they want to talk about or any website mentions? Anything they'd like to mention in general? Mm, anything no they're reading? No. Okay. Well, I was just going to mention a, a little podcast called the GM Word of the, of the Week, which is a couple of guys. It's like Fiddleback and the Angry... GM, I think is what they're called, and they talk about one word every week, and they go in depth, and it's a lot of like classical mythology, and they borders on some architectural stuff, and uh, you know they talk about Hades, they talk about simple things like salt and how it affects the economy in real life, and you can, and every single item that they talk about, you can incorporate it into your Dungeons and Dragons or your fantasy setting campaign. So I think it's, I don't know, it's pretty informative. It's pretty nice, you know. Nice little mm. thing. And it's called the GM Word of the Week. I'm also going to put that link in, on the podcast notes. Um, okay, so let's go. Let's move over to the topic of the week, which is what was your weirdest gaming experience ever? And uh, I guess I'm going to put uh, Andrew from Texas first and see what if he's got something to put in here. Oh, yeah, mine's real easy. Uh, has anybody ever played Seaman? Gross. Oh yeah, the one in the PlayStation Two or the first. Yeah, no, it was on the Dreamcast. Oh, in the Dreamcast. Yeah. Yeah, it had an actual microphone that you would plug into the controller, and you started with like this little tadpole thing, and then you would have to interact with it. You'd have to talk to it every day, <laughs> and and it would grow up, and it, it had like a human face. It became a tadpole with a human head. Oh yeah, that thing then, was really creepy. And it was weird because it would talk back to you, like it understood everything you were saying to it, and it would evolve based on how much time you spent with it, and it would interact with you and ask you questions. It was, it was real creepy. <laughs> but, I, but I was addicted to it to the point where I would tell my wife, hey, uh, can we wrap this up? i got to get home. i got to talk to C-Man. <laughs> what? And, 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 yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I didn't want to miss it. It was weird. It was like, a, I don't know, it, it, it poisoned my brain for a while. It was, it was weird. 
That reminds me, that website that you you could like talk to God over the chat. What? I don't know if you gonna knew you guys no. know about that. No, it was I think it was called iGod or something like that. And you would literally like write down on the chat online and it was like God was talking to you. And it was so funny because the thing is that he will respond to you with just awkward stuff, but in a way like he was trying to be holy. <laughs> it was just weird. Dude. Uh, uh, I think that website's not up anymore because that was back in what, 2000. <laughs> I think Andrew talks to God on a regular basis. He follows this guy on Twitter, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> tweets of God are great. God's on, on Twitter all the time. <laughs> That's weird, man. It will talk to you and make sense. Makes yeah, sense. it was so weird. It, yeah, it was really weird. And it would ask you, like, sometimes it would ask really personal questions. What? Which, which now would really freak me out. But back then, it wasn't connected to anything. It was it was just part of the game. But, man, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. But it was weird to the point where it was believable, and I kept having to get home to talk to him. Man. What kind and, of AI was that? I don't know. It was crazy. It was so crazy. And then that thing, you know, it would, it would evolve to the point where it would grow legs. And then it became kind of like this weird amphibian thing and that's when you had to say goodbye because he was big enough to go on and that's how you beat the game you had to get him to that point oh so it was actually a game it wasn't just like yeah, a companion sort of like <laughs> yeah i guess like yeah. yeah i mean it was it wasn't quite like a virtual pet but it was somewhere in between a virtual pet and this weird i don't know gaming experience <laughs> yeah yeah i remember seeing that so, yeah. on the tv that's when you guys were up in the woodlands yeah a while back yeah, 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 yeah. Long, 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 long time, time ago. ago. Dreamcast. Okay. Dreamcast days. Well then, Candyman, do you have a, a weird experience you'd like to share with the group? You know, prob probably for me, it would. I, I was honestly thinking about this, and, um, you know, I think for me, it would honestly be like when we used to play. Um, so when, when I was in high school, in fact, that's how I know Andres and how I kind of know a lot of my friends really was from uh, playing like pen and paper type uh, role playing games. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to play this guy named Dave. Oh, yeah. And he was just, he was a friend from like uh, earlier, like before high school. And then he kind of stayed my friend in high school. And I mean, he was just a super odd dude. And just like, we have this, uh, you know, like he would, he, he'd play the game with us, but then he'd sit there and like zone out and just kind of do other things. And so, you know, we'd always have to explain to him like where we are and what we're doing and and it was just always really surreal playing with him. And then, like, one time, you know, he'd, like, try to, to like, run a, like, DM a scenario. Mm -hmm. And it would just be, like, like he was just really out of tune. And, I mean, I was kind of like that playing, like, at, um, sometimes, you've, like, we played a game at, like, a, a San Diego Comic Con. We played, like, one of those group, group uh, you know, kind of a random group of strangers playing a campaign. And it's just kind of like that. There's just, sometimes it's, sometimes it's really odd. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a odd experiences with random groups. So my preference is to play with friends <laughs> always when I go to comic conventions or whatever, but you can always you know. Sometimes it's fun, but sometimes you really don't know what you're gonna get. But yeah, I remember my first experience playing with you guys over there in California when I just got into the country was playing at Eats house and his mom, his parents were like ultra religious, right? And, uh, yeah, they, yeah. This was back, and you have to remember, this is like people now don't even know this, but it, it's still that way a tiny bit, but it's not nearly like it now. But back in the like when we were growing up, like the late '80s, early '90s, 
um, there was a lot of talk about like D and D. Like now, it's like oh, let's not go into it. But it's like the polit- political stuff and religious stuff. Back then, it was like D and D made you crazy and it made you kill people and blah blah blah. It was like really ta- it, was, it was not really taboo, but fairly taboo. But it was kind of crazy because we were there playing and then eight is like, shit, my parents are home. I'm like, what? And I didn't understand what was going on. You guys were running around picking everything up, acting like we were doing something else or watching TV. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and it wasn't until then that I found out that eight would get in trouble. As a matter of fact, we stopped playing in his household together, right? You guys would come to my house or we'd go to Candyman's house to go play. To Mark's house, I guess, too. But... Anyway, let's see. Uh, Mopi, do you have anything weird, any weird gaming experiences you'd like to share with the group? Um, well, I don't know. I don't think I've had anything like weird happen. What about all those weird people on Roblox? I mean, they're weird people, but it's like, they just, they're mostly trollers, just like going around saying random stuff. So nothing really too bad. Yeah, not really. Okay. What about you, Josue? Do you have anything, any weird tales from your gaming experiences? Well, um, probably uh, the weirdest gaming experience was back when uh, Silent Hill uh, oh. was like in the original <laughs> games. Um, Silent Hill. I just remember um, I, I was uh, I was prohibited, you know, to play that kind of game because number one. Uh, I was playing still in my uh, dad's house, and he did not know I had the game. Mm-hmm. So um, I would play at night because that was the only time that I could play, uh, you know, hiding. Yeah. And uh, it was it was really weird because at the same time I was playing with headphones just so that the sound would not go out. And I never experienced nothing like that before. That the sound was so damn real that. Um, I would literally thought that that sound was in my in my room, and I would just, just like stop out of nowhere. Uh-huh. I remember I would remember one scene in um, one of the uh, Silent Hills that you could hear like footsteps, like if they were in the roof, and it was like somebody running. Yeah, and it was like you could tell that it was coming from the left to the right, like you know, like that thing for me gave me a mini heart attack. So I think that's one of the the experiences of my life that I like. I was so nervous after it that it just sticks in my head. You tell me what's your uh, weirdest experience? That's the one that just comes to my head, man. Oh. It was just way too real. Yeah, I remember watching Andrew play Silent Hill back in the day, and that game kind of freaked me out. And I wasn't even the one playing it. Exactly, exactly. And there's so many things like sound is so powerful that uh, just the one little distortion sound going up in volume, up in volume, up in volume. It's just like it makes you crazy, you know. Yeah. Like I don't know if you have played that game, but in order for you to detect the monsters, you you have a radio, and the radio, the more the the sound, the more the distortion is that. Uh, a monster or something is nearby so it's yeah it's really crazy it's sometimes it's just static too there's, like, yeah, there's nothing it, crazy yeah. about the sound but it's exactly. still man it just made static so scary exactly no and the awesome. higher the higher the volume the more you stuff you will see like reactions yeah. in the walls like they will start bleeding and then oh, what yeah. the hell is going on <laughs> so yeah that that's one of the ones that stands out yeah, I remember the other game that really kind of freaked me out that Andrew played was Condemned. 
Ooh, and specifically yeah. because I don't like things like dolls and mannequins. They kind of freak me out. And over there, you were like going in a warehouse full of mannequins, and those fuckers would—I mean, those bastards would move, right? Where there's <laughs> they would like change positions. That kind of little subtle, yeah. And it, uh, the Android just posted a thing that's freaking me out right now. And the, <laughs> it's like a nurse thing saying hi. And you know what? I'm gonna share my weird experience now because it's similar to this thing. Back when I was, you know, I'm, a, I'm an architect, and so we we do we were doing a project here in, in Texas. Somebody was going to convert, like, an old convent downtown in Houston into, like, a, I don't know, like a hotel. And mm-hmm. I, we went underneath, and this convent has been closed for years and years, and we went down, and there was, like, an underground corridor that connected uh, the convent to another facility, to, like, a hospital. And... We turned in there, and it was just myself and my business partner, and we were down taking some measurements, taking some pictures, and uh, there's just an empty corridor that goes underneath, and there's just an empty gurney just kind of hanging there, and that gave me the creeps, because, you know, it's this, it's this old, and it's very, a very Silent Hill kind of, you know, uh, yeah. feel, and it was just very, very creepy, That uh, <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, we got to get out of here, we, we already got what we need, let's get out of here, but yeah, it's weird stuff. How about Ethan Cito, who keeps posting pictures of Olivia Munn eating sausages? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, that show, Attack of the Show, was kind of weird in itself, right? <laughs> so, Ethan Cito, do you have anything weird to share from your experiences? Other than the time that we're in Romania and he wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning running into the courtyard oh, yeah. because he thinks we're having, like, being attacked, we're literally sleeping uh, one house away from the place where Vlad the Impaler was born. And Ethan had, like, this most vivid nightmare. I don't know if you want to describe what happened in your nightmare. Yeah, so it was, like, earlier uh, earlier that day, we had seen those people who were sword fighting, right? Mm-hmm. With the display. And then I had this dream that there were a bunch of people outside who were about to, like, storm the house with swords. So then I woke up and I'm like, they're outside and they have swords. Yeah, he just started screaming and running around. And he started looking for a sword so I could fight him back. I think Mopi remembers that, right? Didn't he <laughs> wake you up? Oh, speaking of Adriana, I tend to... Oh. There's this other time mm-hmm. in like the Cayman Islands. Yeah. Where I had this dream that there was a bomb underneath <laughs> Adriana's pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I woke her up and I brought her into the living room. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah that's a convenient place to put a bomb i remember that you woke us all up with that crazy thing yeah that was funny okay did everybody go no josue no josue did go everybody went right yeah, yeah okay okay we're good so okay i guess we're gonna switch gears a little bit and we're gonna go with Candyman and just say what are you playing now i guess you kind of already talked about space engineers is there anything else you're playing uh, Candyman, or what do you want to play next um, so, yeah, that's a good question. So, um, I have been playing, before this, I was playing a game called Project Gorgon, which was a, um, it's an old school MMO. It was basically, uh, made by one of the developers that made, uh, Asheron's Call, which mm-hmm. was a, a quite old MMO. And it had a, it had a pretty good, uh, old school feel to it. It, it. it was pretty addictive. It was pretty fun. And I still kind of sort of pop in every once in a while but i just kind of burned out on it i think it's just the kind of the way of of mmo type games that 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 they're a grind and and kind of like the other game you know people 
basically whenever you like really get into a game, it becomes kind of a grind, and it's kind of like you, uh, you know, you're like, oh, I gotta log in and do my daily, or oh, I gotta log uh, in and like, you know, like I gotta do this or I gotta do that, and then after a while, it becomes like a job, yeah. and then eventually you like start to you like at first it's like you can't get enough of it, and then pretty soon you're just like like I'm, you know, like it becomes like work. It's like oh, I've got to log in and do my do my chores. Yeah, dailies. That, that's kind of how I feel with the card games, like with Hearthstone and Elder Scrolls card game. And that's really, uh, I mean, like mobile games. You know, every pretty much every game now is kind of like that, especially the mobile games. You know, mm -hmm. everything is like they they, they they need player engagement. So like they need you. You know, they they basically kind of need you to log in every day and to to keep you on that treadmill. But there's plenty of games that I play and I want to play every day, but not because of the treadmill aspect of it, just because I'm enjoying the story of it. I think that we need like more story-driven stuff. But that's just me, I don't know. Um, okay, so let's go with, uh, let's see, where are we? Moopy, what are you playing right now? And what do you want um, to play? I'm still, okay, I'm still playing Roblox because there, I like RP games and there are a lot of good role players mm -hmm. on Roblox, so I like to do there and what I wanted to play before I mean before I wanted to play Minecraft um, on that ew, on that Ethan server thing mm -hmm. because I would watch him and I thought it was really cool so I might still want to do that the Minecraft thing yeah really? oh, okay what about what we yeah. did yesterday are you what are you playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, well, I guess Pathfinder. So, did you guys have fun yesterday? <laughs> yes. Do you want to talk about anything that happened yesterday? Like how you almost died or how a police yeah. almost killed somebody with a single um, shot? I was shot with an... Jade was shot with an arrow and so was Slade. And um, then I almost died. But I also entangled everybody, so that's fun. Oh yeah, Adriana is a druid, so she entangled the whole board. And I like the way she plays because she doesn't play like meta because everybody's telling her measure out the squares and see what the diameter of your entangle is. I'm like in real life, like let's let's say that fantasy was real life and you were really casting a spell. You don't have time to measure unless you have a really good eye. You don't really know what maybe you know. Yeah. Three feet or seven feet. What's the difference between three feet to five feet or seven feet? And like specifically, where do you target your spell so it doesn't affect friendlies? Basically, you kind of just react to the situation and you cast it, and then what happens happens. Which is what she did, but half of the party was saying, no, you need to target it here. Obviously, that's playing the metagame, right? You need to target here so that so that the circle misses us. And she's like, well, you know, we're in the middle of the battle. I'm just casting it. And she cast it. And, you know, so both enemies and friendlies started getting entangled. But it made it for a very interesting, you know, situation, I think. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. And then her character got beat up a little bit. But then her tiger came to oh, her rescue and killed this bugbear or whatever, right? Or he jumped on it, something. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. And uh, okay, Andrusito, what are you playing? What do you want to play? Okay, well, um, I played through an FMV game that we got in Humble Bundle. There's a nice little plug for Humble Bundle from last month called mm -hmm. Late Shift. Oh yeah. Um, it's basically a choose-your-own-adventure movie, mm -hmm. and I played through it twice. And it's kind of crazy how different it could go. Um, and it's really good. The acting's really good. The music is good. So it's pretty high quality. Um, I do recommend it. It's pretty good. It'll, playing through it will take uh, 
playing through it completely if you don't mess up somewhere along the way it'd take about an hour so it's it's not too bad to replay it a couple of times okay and what's the subject matter of the story um it's kind of uh it's kind of like a uh crime sort of thing like uh basically the guy it works a late shift in a garage and somebody comes to steal a car and he ends up getting taken also and he gets kind of pulled into this um they're gonna steal something from somebody kind oh, of thing. Okay. Uh, and and it goes on from there so it is pretty good and i should have that game too right because that's a humble gumble yeah. that that you right. gave me or whatever yep okay um i also played through the the one shot demo they had for resident evil 2 mm-hmm. on steam so basically the one shot demo is um i don't know if you guys ever played resident evil 2 back in the day the the original yeah. game but the the story is basically exactly the same but mm-hmm. the game itself is completely different it's completely b- rebuilt from the ground up so um i'm a huge resident evil fan i've played through all of them and the style of re2 now and the remake is like re4 so uh-huh. it's kind of uh, over the shoulder perspective um much better graphics all that kind of stuff and this demo starts at the police station with leon so if anybody's familiar with the second re that's where you are nice. and you have 30 minutes and the clock starts as soon as you start the demo so you can either play that 30 minutes to to the end of the demo mm-hmm. which i finished it literally like 29 minutes and 55 seconds which is pretty crazy yeah wow. but i finished it and didn't die and so i tried to restart it to see what would happen and it literally only gave me that five more seconds and oh then stopped. oh wow so it's only yeah. a one shot it's a one shot you have 30 minutes or death whatever happens first oh, okay cool so if you die you can restart the demo but you'll only have the amount of time left um, oh wow! Play. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. It's it's a really cool, crazy concept. But playing through that demo is it's crazy just to see how much they changed the game because right. it's man, it's horrifying. Like the 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 zombies are way more realistic. The graph the, the graphics are crazy good. So uh, I highly yeah. recommend that too. It's definitely high on my list now to buy. Yeah, I was reading uh, an article about that game, and uh, that's that's uh, Chris Redfield's sister, right? That's one of the protagonists. Yeah, that's that's where Claire came first uh-huh. yeah right. story. yeah okay gotcha. does and, the game get I, harder uh, and it does it match the difficulty at which you're playing or can you set a difficulty for that uh they do have difficulties i think i played the demo so the demo's locked but mm-hmm. i can tell you that it was incredibly hard i almost died twice in, oh, okay. in just the demo <clears throat> and and i wasn't fighting the lickers or the hunters or any of the terrible you know horrible bosses i was just literally just one or two zombies almost took me out oh man right and, and it's the old school survival, you know, you don't have that much ammo, you don't have that yeah. much supplies, so it's more, um, I didn't even get the knife until halfway through the demo, so oh, wow. I was mostly dodging and running and hiding. I mean, it's it's really good. I highly recommend it. What I read is that some of the zombies go down with a couple of shots, and some of them, you don't know how many shots it's going to take, right? To take them down? Um, well, I was trying to do my RE4 technique where I would kneecap them and then run up and kick them. Oh, okay. And it turns out you can't kick them. So I was running oh, up and almost getting killed. <laughs> yeah, like, almost, I was like, oh, crap, I'm trying to get away. I'm, like, mashing all the buttons, trying to get the zombie off of me because I ran right up to him. Yeah. Like an idiot. But, yeah, even headshots, it was taking anywhere from two to four to put them down with nothing but headshots. So, wow, it's a tough game. Yeah, it's really tough. And, and those were just basic, normal, easy zombies. So... Everything else is hmm. going to be that much harder. Um, really, yeah. really good. 
really good. Wow. And the cutscenes also have been all redone from the ground up. So even though the story's the same, they don't look the same at all. It, I mean, you know, sometimes you have those rose-colored glasses where you kind of remember a game better than it actually was. Uh huh. Yeah. This is way beyond that. Like even this, like you can look at it and tell, oh yeah, it looked nothing like this. This is really, really good. <laughs> Really good. Cool. So it's completely, completely redone. It's not like a completely yeah. master or anything. No, like that. no, no, no. Right. This was they actually. Um, I had read about it before it came out, and they didn't have any of the original assets, so they had oh, wow. to rebuild it anyway. Oh, right. So, so it's kind of crazy that they did keep the entire story. Like the story is exactly the same, and the yeah. events that happened are kind of the same. But I remember it really well. It's one of my favorite games of all time, and I could tell you that there were a couple of things that were really different from the original. So it's kind of cool because it's still, the map is the same, like yeah. all the layout is the same, and I'm still going to the same places, but when I'm expecting something to happen and it doesn't happen, it mm. freaks me out even more. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, crap, now what? Now yeah. I don't even know what's going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's really, really good. Okay. Um, so they kind of changed the tempo of the jump scares and things like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then when they do happen, I guess because it looks so much better, uh-huh. man, it's so much more intense. I, it's... It's crazy. It's really good. Yeah, I really want to play that. I never got to play it. I only saw you playing it back in the day. But that's the like... only thing that kind of sucks is in the original game, um, there's two basically two campaigns where you either you choose to start either as Leon or Claire. Yeah. And then halfway through the game, it switches to the other one. And then you can replay it and switch that order. Yeah. And in the original game, I guess uh, what would happen is if you did certain things or left certain things behind, they would be there for the other player. Mm-hmm. I was hoping when they remade it, though, that they would completely change the campaign so that if you if you played it as Leon first one time, it would be completely different if you played it as Claire the second time. But it's not. It's exactly the way it was before, where it's still the exact same story. It's just the order of things changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I wish they would have done a little more with that. Um, the other three I'll just touch on really quick. I, I played Tesla versus Lovecraft really quick on Steam. Uh, it's a twin stick shooter basically it's really fun it's really simple um i've read that the game only takes a couple hours to play all the way through if you want to play all the way through it i only played a few matches and it was pretty fun um it's it's basically no it's a nonsense game where you just use your thumbsticks and shoot at everything it reminds me of like um what was the game show game smash tv yeah it's a lot like smash tv Mm. so it's like a the the map is a closed space and you're just kind of moving around and making sure that you don't get cornered and and killed but it's cool because there are a lot of weapon upgrades and a lot of abilities and that kind of stuff um the other thing xcom 2 um i am currently on the last mission i've played through all the dlc um which if, if anybody wants to play xcom 2 and hasn't played it yet i highly recommend not playing uh, vanilla XCOM 2 and just starting with all of the DLC built in um, because it's all incorporated and it, give me, it makes the game a lot better. But that's your summary recommendation for the first XCOM, right? For the Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that same thing with that one, yeah. The uh, Enemy Within. Enemy Within, yeah. Right. Yeah, because I, I, I learned my lesson <clears throat> that time because I played the vanilla version first and then played it again with the DLC and it's exactly the same game. It's just the DLC's mixed in. So, um, It's the same with XCOM 2. I, I don't recommend just starting with vanilla and just go straight for the DLC built in. Okay. It's an awesome game. There's a it's they totally overhauled almost everything from the original. So Yeah. Um, the gameplay is basically the same. You have to be really strategic in how you move and plan out yeah. where you're gonna position everybody, but the bones of the game are really different. Uh, 
and it's something you should check out. It's really cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and any... lastly, oh, yeah. Division Two. I, I played Division Two. Um, I'm a huge fan of Division One. I. I don't know if you guys have played it. It's a looter shooter. Um, the first one was in New York, and you're just basically running around shooting things and getting better loot the whole time to to build your character up. The second game plays exactly the same. Uh, it's not rebuilding anything from scratch or anything, but the mechanics outside of the shooting is completely different. So you're rebuilding settlements, and um, the story is really different, but it's in D.C. So everything you can think of of D.C. is rebuilt one-to-one. It, it's really great, but I'm having a lot of technical issues with it, so I would recommend people wait until maybe the first DLC comes out. And like, by then, they'll probably patch the heck out of it. Now you're saying that's a problem with the PC servers right now? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't played it on the consoles, so I don't know if the consoles are, are having some of the similar issues. But um, I can tell you, I turned it on yesterday morning. And, um, I mean, I put in probably about five hours into the game. Yeah. Um, yesterday morning, I turned it on, and I was 25 in line in a queue to get into my own solitary game i'm not playing with anybody what so, yeah, yeah and it's because it's it's you can't play offline it's an online only game and the only time you see people is when you're in safe houses <laughs> so if you're out of the safe house and you're not in the pvp area then you are really playing this game solo but it has to be connected it has to be online that's really weird sucks. last yeah. time i was in a, in a queue to play a game was 10 years ago over 10 years ago world of warcraft and that's about that's it. why like, i think there's just some technical issues that they're working through on their servers because and and it went really quick like i went immediately from 25 to 5 and then i was in but but it's still weird to see that right like when you're trying to play a game by yourself and you see yeah you're 25th in line i mean that's it's kind of weird yeah in line for what man i'm playing on my own exactly and 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 i played the game for maybe about an hour and a half or two hours and i had it optimized so i have a 1080 um on my laptop on i have an alienware laptop and I had everything completely optimized, and it played like butter. Like, there was no problems at all. No lag, nothing. And then about an hour and a half in or so, my sound went out. So I already knew something was going to happen. Mm. And then sure enough, the first or second firefight I got in, I just completely froze. And by the time it unfroze, I was dead. So I, I, it becomes to the point where I can't play it. It's completely unplayable because of the lag. Yeah. And it's weird because sometimes I'll play for like another 30 minutes or so when that starts happening, when my sound goes out. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 30 minutes in, I'll just be running down a street. There's nothing going on. But all of a sudden, I hear, I'll hear a gunshot. I'm like, oh, crap. I think that gunshot was, like, from 30 minutes ago. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And so I know <laughs> the crash is coming. I know eventually I'm going to freeze. So, yeah, it gets to the point where I just turn it off because I, I, I literally can't play it. That's Wow. That's annoying. And, I mean, I've gotten to the point, too, where I turn the graphics all the way to low. And I put the sound on headphone sound. And, yeah. like, literally just completely handicapped my system and the same things happen like it'll play okay for a while and then all of a sudden my sound goes out and i know that's when it's coming it's it's having to do more with their servers than with my system yeah well if you're running into problems i'm normally the it guy around here but my it guy is normally Candyman because he knows a lot more than i do so if you're having pc problems Candyman can probably find an answer for you yeah well i mean they did patch it yesterday and like i said i played for an hour and a half or two hours with no problem but i'm playing alone and hour and a half or two hours in, all of a sudden the same thing happens. So it's it's definitely it's not my system. It's yeah. got to be their servers. Yeah, so it's server. it's just a weird, yeah, it's a weird issue they're going to have to build through on their servers. Yeah, that's. But, but aside from that, the game itself, if you like Division One, it is more of that. It's 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 pretty awesome. 
Yeah, that's going to link to our topic later about cloud gaming. Do we really think that it's yeah. ready here now? <laughs> you know, when yeah. you're trying to play a multiplayer game and you actually have the game installed on your computer, but yeah. you're just trying to play a multiplayer game and you're having issues, imagine if you're trying to play the full game as a cloud gaming service. Well, and yeah, I was I was in the beta for Project Stream, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that part of that talk. I, I've got a lot more to say about that. Okay. Well, let's but, move uh, over that's, to that's far away from let's move over to Josue and see what he wants to play next. Well, playing next, um, the brand new mode of Battlefield Five. Uh huh. Um, and the one that's called Firestorm. It's basically going to be like their their way of battle royale. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that they're taking it, it's it's really battlefield. You know, it's like it's not going to be exactly the same like all these other you know battle royale games. Um, there was even a, a brand new uh, trailer going on, which uh, they show you know a, a lot of the different things that are going to be a real good ch- game changer. There's even helicopters and 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 uh, it looks really good. Like if you're a fan of Battlefield. Um, like I am, um, at least uh, they're bringing something that I think is going to be really different from all the others. And yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to play. Do you think it's going to trump this new fad of like Fortnite and what was the other uh, Apex Legends and all that stuff? Right, I did try Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's really interesting. I haven't played it that much. Um, I can say I can, I liked it more than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, originally, I, I loved more PUBG than any other. Yeah. Um, then I, I I saw Fortnite. I really did not like it that much. Um, I continued with the Call of Duty, but it was running really weird on my computer, so I just was not that motivated. Yeah. But uh, the concept of it, it's really fun. Um, I don't know if you guys have um, play any um, Battle Royale right now, but it's really good when you have friends with that yeah. you can really be uh, tactical with it. And remember, Battlefield is going to be a real big changer because you can actually destroy houses. You can, uh, you know, oh, they're inside the house. Okay, blow it to hell. You yeah, know, they got the cover, <laughs> they, yeah. Yeah, come on, let's get, take out their cover. And um, you can see that they're bringing even, um, like, air support. I saw in the trailer that they, uh, like, the other team, did they just, like, fire a flare. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that it was an air support bringing down hell into a side, in, in a house. So, you know, it, that's going to be really cool. And their way of putting... Uh, the circle, the the circle that is shrinking down, mm-hmm. is by like fire, literally fire, like oh, a really? forest fire kind of way. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind and of that interesting. makes sense. It makes <laughs> sense because it's like, you know, like if it's uh, some kind of fire coming into you, of course you're gonna run through it, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're like, it's it's really cool. I, if you guys haven't seen the trailer, go ahead and look at it. This that's okay. We'll check it out. I'm, I'm waiting on it. Yeah. The, and then let's go to Ethan Cito and see, can you tell us something about Sunless Seas? Uh, so your mic cut out? No, you're good. No, your mic cut out. Right now? Pretty finished. Oh, uh, yeah, here, let me repeat the question or the thing, because otherwise you won't record on my end. Uh, do you want to talk about Sunless Seas? I know that you've been playing some of that, and I have that game, but I haven't played it enough, so I was wondering what your thoughts were on that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun. What is, one? what is it about? Sunless Sea? 
So it's kind of like, uh, like London got eaten by bats or something, and then it's underground now. It's a Lovecraftian so theme. Yeah. Mm. So there's like a sea underneath the world, and you're playing as like a captain, and you get to choose what your win state is. So it's kind of fun in that sense because it's not something you see very often where you get to choose uh how you win and then uh, i guess you just explore uh the sea and you see a bunch of weird lovecraft stuff it's like stories on. right you find like people and they tell you stories and people are going insane and stuff like that kind of yeah like this one island i found uh there was like a group of rats and mm -hmm. then a group of hamsters that were fighting for <laughs> I had to make decisions based on who I chose to help. So yeah, that was funny. So is it a roguelike? Do you have to die and keep going, or can you just play the whole thing without dying, or how does it work? Uh, so you can play the whole thing and win, but you're probably gonna die because okay. the game is unforgiving, and uh, sometimes you get trapped in the middle of the ocean with no fuel and no food and you have to sacrifice your men to some strange god in the hope that he'll help you oh my oh, god interesting yeah <laughs> that's happened a couple times <laughs> that's kind of cool and it's a very like serene game right you're just like navigating at night and it's very quiet and stuff it's got a very good yeah, atmosphere getting, what's that game called sea monsters. Uh, sunless seas Sunless Seas. Sounds awesome. Yeah, the same company is yeah. coming up with a game called Sunless Skies or something. That one actually already came out. Oh, it already came out? Okay. Mm -hmm. But I would play Sunless Seas first, I think. Get, yeah, get into that atmosphere first. Uh, so that's good. Is there any other games you want to talk about, Itancito? Well, they announced that the Master Chief Collection is coming to PC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You heard that. And that um, includes ODST, doesn't it? It does. Ooh. That's, That's something be... that I'm. I might be really interested because I have never been an Xbox Xbox guy, mm -hmm. and I did had the Xbox, but I had it way too late in order for me to enjoy all the sequels of Halo. Um, but I might give it a try because it's really interesting. At least I, I I enjoy a good story, and from what I heard, it's a good story. If you guys can clarify me on that, okay. uh, right? Is it? Yeah, so the first, uh, three games definitely. Yeah. Halo Two right. is definitely, I think, the flagship for me, um, mm -hmm. and that was the most popular one. Especially, I guess, back then for multiplayer, Halo Two was a bastion. I remember when they were closing down the servers for Halo Two, and there were two guys left, and they didn't want to log off because the second that they logged off, that's when they were going to erase the server and terminate the, the game, basically. And they lasted there for like three days. They were like playing all night. They, I don't know how many hours they went without sleep. They were constantly logged in there, trying to stop them from terminating the server for Halo 2. Wow. Funny. I still have my platinum copy of Halo 2 for the Xbox 360. It's pretty cool. Oh, wow. And then I know that Andrew beat ODST on hard level. He probably beat all those games in hard level, right? Yeah, I, I beat all the Halos in hard. Yeah, which ODST was freaking impossible on hard level. I don't know how you did that. Because I, I tried playing... Because ODST, you're not overpowered. You're not playing like one of the Super Master Chief guys. You're playing one of the regular troopers, right? So. Yeah, ODST is still, I mean, I, I know it's not the popular choice, but it's still one of my favorites. 
I, I just really liked it because you weren't OP. You were just a regular guy with a gun. Story-wise, I think OD ODST is one of the better ones, I would think. So the others, I've been kind of on a... Lately, for the last, uh, I don't know, few months, I've been on a space game kick. So before I started playing uh, Space Engineers, I was playing Astroneer, which, uh, which both of these games recently left... Um, early access, which is kind of what brought them onto my radar. Um, Astroneer was actually, it's another kind of a space base building game, but um, it, it's not combat oriented at all. Um, the only things that can hurt you are basically like wildlife, like plants, essentially, that can like shoot spores at you and try to poison you and stuff. But it's 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 kind of a recurring theme with the games I've been playing. It's got a bunch of planets and it's got uh, resources and you can ultimately dig and you mine. It's, to be honest with you, it's all kind of the Minecraft trope, really, to some degree. It's dig, you know, dig deep in the earth, get minerals, make stuff with it, and uh, you know, make make cool things, make a base, uh, make a spaceship. But it, it was surprisingly polished. It, it doesn't have uh, it. You can play multiplayer, but the multiplayer is not quite ready. It's got multiplayer servers coming soon. Um, but it's 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 kind of kiddish, like in the graphics a little bit. Like it's kind of like Legos. Everything has like these inter like locking blocks, and you can kind of piece things together. Yeah. But um, yeah. surprisingly, the graphics are really beautiful, and actually, it, it's really a fun gameplay. If, it, the problem is, I just I feel like I'm in kind of a a microcosm amongst my friends because I'm like one of the few people that like seems to like like if there's a game where nothing will kill you, like if you could like go get a Slurpee, like, in the middle of your gaming session and come back and you're still alive, like, a lot of people feel like that's, like, not an interesting experience, but to me, yeah. I actually kind of enjoy those building games where you can just relax and dig and build. Right, but... That's, is, yeah. it like, is it, like, seven days to die in a way that um, graphics are, are, are good, but, you know, you can tell that it's meant because of uh, the construction and all that. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I, I I love Seven Days to Die. It's one of my, it's probably still my most played um, game on Steam. I think mm. I've literally got almost two thousand hours in it. Oh, I honestly, think crap. Seven Days to Day has um, this is a person. Well, I, you know, as so I heard, actually, there's a lot of improvements that have come out for that game. Mm -hmm. uh, but in general, I think the graphics in that game are honestly fairly terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's a really, really <laughs> fun, replayable sandbox game. It's one of those games that that you can like. It's it's like a, it's a game you can't win, and yet it's a game that you'll like keep playing. Like you'll just keep starting out and doing it. There's they just released a new version, and it does have some new vehicles, including um, it's got like a four by four truck that can seat multiple people. It's got a, a motorcycle that's really, really, really crazy fast. It's got a gyrocopter, which I unfortunately haven't unlocked yet because you have to be level 120, which is a significant amount of work. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's good. And there's a mod called a Ravenhurst that's um, pretty slick. It, they, they fixed a lot of the things that I kind of felt like the game... The, the, the game, this is kind of a constant thing with games where the games kind of might go away from the way that, you know, like the, the creators might have a vision that may not uh, coincide with that of the players. And uh, Seven Days to Die in particular is very successful because it has a really strong modding community. And so there's a mod called Ravenhurst yeah. that uh, tunes a lot of the things, including the world generation, 
um, and a lot of factors, and it, it really tunes it up and makes it like more balanced and more playable, and kind of rolls back um, some of the design decisions that were that were made that are kind of a you know departure from the the better old days. So let me talk about a couple of games that I've been playing. I finished Andrew last podcast uh, said I should probably try Sundered. It's another Lovecraftian game, like a platformer, uh, Metroidvania kind of. And I went through that game, I think that was about 20, 22 hours or something. It wasn't too bad. And it was actually pretty good. You you go through the game and you acquire powers and you can choose to like embrace the dark side of the powers, the Lovecraftian powers, the Eldritch powers. Or you can choose to depend on your human instincts and powers, which... I recommend at least corrupting some of yourself to be able to beat the game a little bit easier. <laughs> uh, I'm also started playing Valkyria Chronicles. I didn't know anything about this game really. I thought I was playing Fire Emblem. I got the two games crossed. Fire Emblem was an older game on the. Was it Nintendo or was it? Was it on the Wii or was it on Xbox? The Fire Emblem. I think games? it's. I think it's an old Nintendo DS. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, they were they were basically DS games. Yeah. They were solid. But for yeah. some reason, I thought Fire Emblem and Valkyria were the same thing. I don't know why. Maybe because they're like anime and turn-based, whatever. But anyway, Valkyria Chronicles centers around uh, like a fictitious world that is based on our very own world. So it's got a map that looks kind of like where it's Russia and Europe. And so the empire is kind of like Russia. And then you're one of the states in Europe. In They call it Europa. And so you're a little place called Gideon or Gillian or something like that. And then you you recruit your little army. And then you're just kind of like uh, like peasants, you know, fighting, fighting. You're kind of militia. You're not actually the army, but you're the militia. And so mm. you're, you're there fighting off the empire and your tanks are not as strong. So you have to maneuver correctly to kill their stronger tanks. And I'm, I'm to the second to the last mission right now. I'm almost finished with the game, but I'm really loving this strategy because you have five different classes. You have, you have an engineer who, who refills your bullets, who fixes the tanks, who disables mines. You have like a lancer, which is somebody that has almost like a rocket launcher kind of thing that looks like a lance and it, it's good against armored units. You have a shock trooper, which is kind of like the stormtrooper from Star Wars, kind of. They have similar helmets. And so you got a, a, a submachine gun, and so you fire a lot, and you're deadly at a short range. Then you have a scout that moves a lot, and then you can just take pot shots at the enemy, and, and, and it's good for, you know, seeing what's, what's ahead. And then you have, I think there's one more in there somewhere, uh, a sniper which I always love snipers and I like sniping in games. So you just position those guys carefully and, you know, start, you know, start clearing out the field. So, and, and you actually end up using all of them. You'd think that you wouldn't use the engineer, but the engineer can double as a scout sometimes because they move, you know, fairly, fairly quickly and, you know, they have good reaction. So I don't know. I'm enjoying the story a lot too. It's a lot of like, uh, I guess they mix a little bit of Nordish mythology in it in, in the sense that it's called Valkyria. So they kind of have like the Valkyrie, People that are descendants of maybe the Valkyries that have special powers. And the plot has yet to be revealed to me, the ultimate plot. But I'm actually enjoying that game a lot. I'll probably buy the next one, which is Valkyria 4, right? But I want to ask Andrew, Valkyria Chronicles, this is not the first game, right? This is like the third game, maybe? Uh, I don't know much about the relaunch, the one they just did. But yeah. um, I, I, from what I thought, I thought it was a, a remake of the original first game. Okay. But I'm not sure. But you said those were on handheld or what the the original games? No, the first one I uh, it was a PlayStation exclusive. I think it was on PS2 actually. Oh, okay. The first Valkyria. Okay. I think that's where I, I had the original when it came out. I think it was on PS2. Okay, but word to the wise, the, this is a this is a, a port to PC. This is not originally 
coded for the PC. This was a port, and you can see it evidently in the way that you control the tank. A lot of times the tank with the WASD keys and the mouse will become kind of clumsy. And so you waste a lot of your movement in the tank figuring out how to make it move. That's really my own mm. only complaint of the game. Yeah. But anyway, so technically this is game one, you think? Volkyrie yeah, I think from? so. And then I, I think I told you last time, the second one was... Uh, uh, what was the handheld before the the Sony um, shoot, PSP? Blank. Yeah, the PSP. The, the second uh -huh. one was exclusive to the PSP, which is really weird. Oh, okay. And then the third one only came out in Japan. It never came out here. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And then the fourth one, it's I think it's already been out in Japan, um, but yeah. it's going to get ported here. Well, I think it's already available on Steam. The fourth one. Oh yeah, yeah, it could be. I think it is. Is does does the do, do they say if that continues the story from the one I'm playing, or is that continue from the the story from the um, Japanese one? From what I think I remember, it's been a while since I looked at them, but I I don't think there's like a a direct connection in the games. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you'll see the same characters. Oh okay. But it's it's more just the same world, I guess, okay. but different stories in the same world. Well, kind of like final. Final Fantasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll definitely yeah. check it out. I mean, I'm loving this game. So I love... It's it's relaxed, but there's a good amount of strategy. Your people can die permanently if you're not careful. So it's... I don't know. It's kind of interesting. And then I also started... I'm starting a playthrough through Pillars of Eternity. I just built my character and I just... I'm probably like an hour and a half into the game. So I'll probably have more to talk about Pillars of Eternity the next time. It's uh, similar to... It's kind of like the spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate 2 or something. Or the old isometric games like Neverwinter Nights and, you know, what was that? Planescape Torment? Candyman, did you ever play Planescape, Planescape Torment? Uh, Planescape Torment is honestly one of my all-time most favorite games. Yeah? It was just one of the best games that's ever been made. It's definitely the pinnacle of, like, the Bioware, you know, the, the old Bioware era. It was one of the... You know, back in the day, like, I think now uh, Bioware's latest game is Anthem. But, you know, like, yes. back in the day, um, they had just incredible, you know, just incredible games, including even really, like, Dragon Age Origins. But but yeah. Torment was just an incredible... Uh, it was funny. It was heartfelt. Um, it was... I mean, I, I just... I, I remember laughing more at that game than, you know, many games I've played. And then in the end, it had a... It actually had a... You know, when you kind of find out the... the the reveal of the story it, it actually had a really cool kind of message to it oh, okay so is that when you're traveling because that's based on the dnd planescape thing right so you're traveling between different planes of existence is that the basis of the game uh not really so in that one so basically you're, you're the nameless and you and essentially you you're just uh you're you're just basically someone who can't die mm -hmm. you're like i think you're technically a planeswalker but basically you just can't die so every time you die you come back to life. Okay. And uh, it, it's really fascinating because they actually um, tied it into the to the game really well. So, so for example, in that game when you died, it would actually, you would, so basically you had amnesia. This was the whole thing. You basically, so every time you died, you come back to life, but you had no idea who you were or why you were or what the deal was. And so you had to, uh, go, your whole story was basically to, to reveal who you are and like why you can't die. Yeah. And, and ultimately, you like go through the world, and you kind of like find people that used to know you, and you find um, like things that you left behind, and things that, you know, even like things you left behind for yourself. But one of the one of the mechanisms in the game is actually when you die, sometimes it would trigger a memory. So it's literally a game 
where you're supposed to die. Like, oh, it's, in, okay. it, it's encouraged to die because it would trigger your, your memories, and ultimately you're trying to discover who you are. Okay. Oh, I just looked it up on Steam. It looks like you own this game on Steam. There was, like, an enhanced edition or something? Yeah, they, they like many games now, a lot of these old games, you know, people kind of, like, bought the rights and re-released them. I mean, a lot of these old games, including, like, I think even... Yeah, especially on good old games like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that. A lot of these can uh, be repurchased. But, yeah, I thought it was really fun. It was really well done. And, and the, the the kind of the hook at the end of the story really, really got me. Like, I really I really felt like it was a... When you, when you find... And I certainly wouldn't spoil it. But when you kind of find yeah. out the whole deal, you're, you know, you're it's just kind of like, wow. You know, that was like... That was a really good... It's kind of like a little bit similar to... Um, what was it? KOTOR? If, uh, yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. But it kind of had to twist something like that at the end, yeah. but not the same. Okay, cool. So you would recommend it for a person like me that liked the original Baldur's Gate games? If you loved, like, Baldur's Gate and the similar, like, the old Bioware <laughs> games back when, you know, they were really, really good. When they were, like, in, they, they were basically all Infinity Engine games, and yeah. so was this one. Except they actually did a really interesting thing with it, because they actually, um, they kind of kind of ripped off like final fantasy a little bit like the more modern final fantasy like they had like certain abilities kind of had like it, it was essentially D D like spells you know like meteor storm and stuff like that like the old kind of the old school like D D second uh, second edition yeah. spell but they actually did like wind up animation so like they'd actually <laughs> show like meteorites coming down and stuff like they'd kind of do the spell wind up stuff like uh from Final Fantasy, so they kind of incorporated that a little bit. It, it, I really thought it was was a, a very magical game and a really good story and, and really well written. Okay, well that sounds good. I think I'll add that to my wish list then. And uh, then on on the stuff that I kind of want to play next, I was thinking about Monster Hunter. If anybody will hop in with me and play a Monster Hunter at some point, but I figure by now they should have gotten all the bugs out, right, from the PC version. I jump back in. I would def definitely jump back into that game. It was a lot of fun. Okay, yeah, I've never yeah. played it, but honestly, it, it sounded intriguing to me. I'd I'd be interested in trying it. it like you said, when it came out, I, I had friends on Steam that would play it. And, like finally, I asked this guy. Like he was literally like playing it like every thirty seconds. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, dude, you're spamming the crap out of me. Like, what is going on? He's like, oh yeah, the game's really buggy. Like it keeps kicking you out. Blah blah blah. It's like, okay, I don't need to play that yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know they were ironing all this stuff out. I, I remember we tried to play on the Wii, we tried to play Monster Hunter, but the Wii didn't have really good connectivity for, like, multiplayer. I guess because they were trying to protect the kids from, like, meeting strangers online or something, is that right? Yeah. And so, and so it was really hard to play Monster Hunter with friends, and that's the whole point of playing Monster Hunter, right? Because uh, you, need, you need help taking down this huge beast, I guess, but you can still play in a single player, right, or no? I played mostly by myself. When I played it on the PS4. Okay. And you're there, there were a couple times where I would recruit people to help me or I would go out to help somebody else because some of them were just ridiculously hard, some of the, the bigger monsters. Yeah. But but for the most part, I played alone. And it's still, either way, it's fun. It's a really good game. Okay. If you play by yourself, it's more kind of loot grinding, getting the equipment you need to build better weapons and better armor and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you're playing with friends, it becomes more of a social thing. So that's equally rewarding whether you're playing by yourself or playing with other people it's a okay. great game okay so i guess uh, i guess we can transition now from games to like uh, movies and tv does anybody want to jump in and tell us is there anything exciting they're watching right now well i don't know about exciting but uh i watched the second season of future man oh you did i haven't even finished the first season i don't think <laughs> yeah i watched it 
<laughs> That's about all I can say. It was that good, huh? Yeah, it, it's good for what it is. I had a good time with it. But you know a show that's really impressing me right now that I didn't think I was going to like as much is The Orville. Like, season one, yeah, it's okay, but I thought it was just going to be a big spoof. But season two is actually kind of serious, man. Like, it's, it's I'm legit. A huge it's like a legit it's like a legit show now. Like, I this is, like, even better than, you know, the other Star Trek shows or whatever, right? Or, you know, the ones that I've watched, anyway. Uh, so, the only reason I don't talk about it here is because I know you and Heath are Star Trek fans, and Michelle has honked at me a lot about liking the Orville and trying to get her to watch it. Well, Candyman's and, a big Deep Space Nine and Babylon fan, right? Stuff like that. I used to really... Uh, you know, I never got into... I actually, I was actually thinking about starting Babylon 5. I never watched it, but I, I okay. used to... I pretty much watched all of the old Star Treks, except for the original series, which I actually, for some reason, a lot of people like the original. I didn't really like the original, but I've really enjoyed all of the other ones, although I haven't seen the new one. I think it's Discovery. I haven't seen um, it either, yeah. I don't have CBS All Access, and I'm not going to, like, I pretty much refuse. Like, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a line in the sand. Like, I, I'll pay for Netflix and Amazon, and, like, I'm just kind of like, I don't, I'm, I, I really don't want to pay for any more services. Are you going to spring for Disney? Probably not. I mean, I don't think Disney has much that I need. I mean, there's Star Wars um, stuff. Anything, or no? I think the... Yeah, I don't know. See, I really feel like it's going into a kind of a crummy place now because it used to be great when, like, Netflix basically just had everything and now, like, literally it's getting to the point where there's going to be, like, a Disney service and a Warner Brothers service and, you know what I mean? Like, every single person's going to have a service and it's going to be just, yeah. like, TV, you know... It's, it's going to be, like, we. the whole reason we got into the streaming is to, like, get away from the cable TV package thing, and, and pretty soon, like, that's right where we're going to be. Yeah, there's going to be an internet package service where you get all these channels all bundled up, right? They charge you 150 <laughs> bucks a month or some ridiculous bullcrap, you know? Well, the sad thing is now, instead of a cable service, everything is a service, so you have to pay for everything separately instead of pay for one thing and have everything together. Yeah, well, at least the one thing that kind of makes me happy about it is that you can choose to not have commercials at least in hulu you know i know netflix and amazon don't really have commercials but hulu you can have like an option where you don't have commercials and that's the one thing that that's why i normally never watch tv is because i didn't want to watch commercials i would just like dvr stuff and then skip through the commercials but even that is annoying so it's good to have the services where you don't have commercials right but, but it but yeah I'm, I'm with candyman on this one i'm not gonna pay like you know a nickel and dime for every single streaming service you know out there you know, even channels like Geek and Sandra and Nerdist are combining into like some kind of pay channel on there, so you can watch you know little little shows that they have. And I'm like, I'm not that interested. You know, it's not. Well, the the good side to it is to be kind of devil's advocate is all of them can't ask as much money when it gets to be so many people in the competition. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but the prices I, the prices for each one of them is going to go down is, I, is the good side of it. But I do have a problem with like the discovery thing like Candyman was saying, you're gonna pay all that money for one show? I understand if you have a lot of original content that is really interesting, like Netflix or Amazon, but if you are just paying for a service just so you can watch one show, like for example YouTube and their Karate Kid remake, which is actually pretty good, the episodes that I've seen, yeah. but I haven't finished it because I refuse to pay for YouTube. But if YouTube came up with enough original shows, maybe five years from now, maybe I would get it or whatever, but it's just too Well, and now Jordan Peele's new Twilight Zone is going to the CBS All Access also. Oh, so really? Just, yeah, and, and so that's the thing, is they are building a library. Everybody is. Yeah. Warner Brothers is also already. Um, 
and Disney, obviously, they're they're using the same actors from the movies, yeah. their shows. So all of them are building kind of an army for you to to pay your money for. The problem is, at first, all of them are going to be overpriced. So yeah, exactly. Like I said nobody's going to do that. And I was one of those guys that that did like the the little free intro for CBS because I wanted to watch the show. Yeah. And I watched the first two or three episodes, and the worst part about it is the show is really good. But I'm not going to continue to pay for it. Yeah, so I heard it's pretty good. We, but, we just didn't know. watch it. That's the thing that really sucks is is all of these networks, they're putting a lot of money. They're investing a lot of money and a lot of time into quality programming. So mm-hmm. all of them are going to have really good stuff. <clears throat> it's just, like you guys said, who wants to pay three or four different streaming services yeah. just to watch one or two shows? You know what yeah. I mean? Well, and I, I think the problem is, this is this uh, this is the unfortunate thing. A lot of people, what, it, what it's really, I feel it's going to do, it's going to push people to piracy because people were saying already, you know, like, like even people that, like I read a pirating forum and I honestly don't pirate just because it's too much trouble. Like it's, it's too much trouble to worry about viruses and ransomware and it's just not worth it for me. But I, I follow the scene because I'm interested in it, especially because I, I do, you know, IT security for a living. And a lot of pirates are like, yeah, you know, like I pirate all the stuff on Netflix. I pirate all the stuff on, on Amazon and da 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 But I pay for Apple Music because it's just too convenient. And, and that's the kind of the core problem with all this stuff. If basically if you make it to the point it's cheaper to, and easier to pay for it than to steal it, then people are happy to pay you for it. But when you get to the point where you're nickel and diming them like this, I really do feel like, you know, that they're really just pushing a lot of people into piracy. Because because ultimately, if you just want one thing, you're just going to pirate. You know, people not people that are, you know, more ambitious than me are just going to pirate it. And for people like me that have more than enough stuff to do and enough shows to watch and a, you know, 300, 400 games in my Steam library I haven't played and getting like 12 games a month from Humble Bundle that I haven't played. You know, yeah, I, don't exactly. need, I don't need to steal anything because I've got more than enough content. Yeah, yeah and you hit the you hit the nail right on the head too, because a VPN, a quality VPN, is only a fraction of the cost of one of these subscription services. So you can hide yourself and torrent all the stuff until the the world ends, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Josue was all surprised that I never saw the Big Bang Theory because I guess Big Bang Theory is one of the shows that is responsible for bringing Dungeons and Dragons into the forefront of popular culture where we used to hide that crap back in the day because people would think you're a weirdo if you play role-playing games. Now it's the mainstream, and now everybody wants to do it, and it's all great, right? And part, yep. part of it is it's because of the, the Big Bang Theory. The funny thing is that I've never seen one episode of the Big Bang Theory because it was never on Netflix or anywhere. And, and I, you know, I, I'm also not hot on pirating things for different reasons. I just don't like to deal with that. And, right. and also like Candyman, I have too many other things to do that I don't feel like I have to be sitting there and pirating stuff where I have so much content otherwise. Plus hell, Andrew, Candyman and I could have probably written the Big Bang Theory on our on, on a weekend, you know? So that's that's kind yeah. of our, our lives anyway. So it's not like we need to watch a show about what we have done for years or whatever, you know? But, um, you really need to watch it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you telling me that every time we meet. <laughs> but anyway, does anybody want to talk about this this cool show that I just discovered that has been around for a while called Into the Badlands? No? Uh, 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 I've what? had it in my queue since... the Actually, I was recording it on my DVR when the first season started and never yeah. got around to watching it before I got rid of my cable. And yeah. then I've had it in my queue since it came on Netflix but never started it, so... 
it's, it's in my long backlog list of things I want to get to eventually. It looks great. I've just seen the first episode of season one, and it blew me away with the choreography of the fighting. It sold me on it right away. Choreography? I, choreography. The way they fight. Uh, like it's old style kung fu fighting, which is awesome. So hmm. I really, really like that. And it looks like the plot's going to be great. So that sounds good. And then I think Mopi and I have been watching Umbrella Academy, right? And uh, and we've been watching Death Note also. So Ooh, Death Note, <laughs> I love it, man. Death Note. Yes. Yeah, Death Note is Death Note's pretty cool. I am uh, Justice. What's that? I am Justice. Oh, you were Justice. <laughs> yeah. She wants me to cosplay with her at the next run fest. She I wants want me him to be light. I mean, I mean, L. What? Man, that. I want you to be L. Oh, she wants me to be L. But in order to be L, I have to go barefoot everywhere and like wear an oversized long sleeve sweatshirt or something. And then <laughs> wear a wig and. Whoa. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So, anybody else want to talk about a show that they're watching? That they want to watch? So, the one I've been kind of watching the most, I've actually been kind of watching. So, I, I, I used to watch a lot of Adult Swim, you know, years past. Yeah. And I, I've kind of gotten back into it. And they've got a lot of just, they, they replay a lot of the old, um, kind of the good Fox, I consider them kind of good animated shows like, uh, uh, Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, um, American Dad, uh, which I think is underrated. I actually think that's a pretty smart show. Um, but the one that I'm, I'm really grievously behind the curve here. So just like probably around Christmas time, between like Christmas and New Year's, when I was in kind of a lull and I was bored, I finally started watching Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, and, that show uh, is gold, man. That show is yeah, freaking genius. Yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, <laughs> so I'm kind of like anti-pop culture. Like I, I, I have kind of a mechanism where when something gets really popular, I refuse to do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so a lot of the time it's because I think pop culture is stupid, and I feel like a lot of things that people like are kind of overblown and stupid. And so, yeah. So, I, most of the time, I miss out on things that are that I, I would just really want to miss out on, but. In the case of Rick and Morty, I, I kind of shot myself in the foot because it's it's just amazing, and I just been watching the living living hell out of it. And uh, I, I definitely think the best episode I've seen so far is uh, Pickle Rick. Oh yeah, I Pickle Rick. Like <laughs> Andrew just put a picture so of Pickle good. Rick on the thing. Yeah, Pickle Rick is so awesome. So with and, the, uh, and the and I think it was Susan Sarandon was the was the therapist. Um, and it, it was just, I just can't even tell you just, like, how much I enjoyed the, the, I mean, the fighting was, like, the fight stuff was amazing, and, like, the psycho, you know, psychoanalytical dribble was just, you know, it was, it was just so, it was so wonderful. I've just, I've really been enjoying it. It's funny that you say the reasons why you didn't watch the show are exactly the same reasons that I have for not having watched it, because one of Ethan's good friends watched it, and I didn't want to let him know that I liked the show, so I didn't really watch it for a long time. I'm like, oh, that show probably sucks, because, because, uh, you know. Because Ethan's friend li likes it, then it must suck, right? So I refused to watch it for a while, and then I started watching it on my own, like at night when nobody was looking at me. And then eventually the kids caught me watching that show. So, and then Adriana just thought Mupi thought I was I was weird for watching it, but that's an awesome show. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Mupi is not too keen into that show, but I like it. The other show that well, I've been, been oh, go ahead. Funny too, because there was a there was a big controversy in in Los Angeles at least over the. Um, 
So, and I wasn't watching Rick and Morty at the time, but there was a big thing that you probably, many of you heard about with the Szechuan sauce, where they, Rick and Morty referenced that. And, uh, and then McDonald's brought it back. And like, the thing was when they brought it back, like each McDonald's literally had like, like 40 packets or whatever of Szechuan sauce. And like, it was literal, like, chaos. like there was like literal violence <laughs> and rioting. Like it was absolutely bonkers. Like, like people were like breaking it, like people were like stealing it and like, you know, like going in and attacking the people and stealing the Szechuan sauce. Like it was a whole, <laughs> like, like, I can't make this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so are they still making it again or what happened it turned into like a whole thing and i think they they like i think they did like a bigger batch later and like it, it was crazy like i think they made like they like gave out a few bottles or something and like people were listing it on ebay for you know for thousands of dollars and like it was a whole like it was a whole thing it was really <laughs> crazy <laughs> that's pretty funny the the other show I want to talk about really quickly is The Dragon King, which the kids have been making fun of me for watching too because they think it's a little bit too kiddie. Yes, really. Man. talking about The Dragon King. But The Dragon King is actually not a bad show. It's kind of similar to Avatar, The Last Airbender, in the sense that it looks really kiddie on the surface, but there's a real plot going underneath. And The Dragon King is about uh, a kingdom that is split in half or an, a land that's split in half between elves and humans. And the humans kill like their dragon guardian that, that keeps the humans from going into the elven realm. And the elves are like badasses. They're like really cool, really good assassins and stuff like that. So they go assassinate the king and then the plot takes go off from there. And so the underlying plot is really cool. You have to put up with a, a couple of like My Little Pony things, like a little dragon and a couple of pets that shouldn't even be there. But other than that, it's the show is actually really decent. I just finished the first two seasons. The second season just dropped on Netflix. I just finished that one, and it's it's actually a really decent show. I recommend it for anybody who likes fantasy stuff. It's really my good. fiance. My fiance just finished it also yesterday. I think. Oh, she did. And yeah. uh, I, I I wasn't not paying attention fully because I haven't seen the first season completely. Uh -huh. um, but it, there were a few moments and I was like, damn, that looks like a really good show. Yeah. And exactly what you said. It reminds me of Avatar: Airbender. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of good quality. Yeah, and it's got a couple of crappy little pony sequences that you kind of could do without. But other than that, the plot, I think, is really right. solid. And as, as long as you have a good story, I can put up with a couple of little kitty things here and there. So exactly. It's it's all good. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me know if anybody wants to talk about any other show. Otherwise, we're going to move on to the next topic over here. Your silence is very reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess we're gonna get into it now because we're gonna talk about the real stuff. Candyman, have you seen Alita or Captain Marvel? Oh you my know, god! I, it's unfortunate because I, I would, I'd like to see both of those, but no, I, I haven't. Okay, well, we're not gonna spoil anything, but I do want to ask Andrew for his input in like kind of comparing Alita, what he thought about Alita and Captain Marvel on the surface. I know that Moopy probably liked Captain Marvel a little bit better on Alita, right? Yeah. And, and she wasn't as impressed with Alita, but uh, my personal opinion is I like Alita better than Captain Marvel. I thought Captain Marvel was okay, but I think Alita's a stronger character. But I want to hear what Andrew thinks, because he saw both of them recently. I think Captain Marvel is boring, <laughs> and I think Alita is awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just a brief... That's it. Uh, That's a brief non-spoilage non uh, thing. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but I will say, I'm sure Candyman 
being a comic collector like I was back in the day, knows a lot about Marvel lore and Captain Marvel tees all over Marvel lore. Oh, really? It's not uh, true to form? Oh, no. None of it. Not a single drop, except for her powers. But can you guys give us a little bit of backstory? Wasn't Captain Marvel originally, or Marvel, wasn't that a a man at the beginning, a long time ago? So, Marvel was a man. Okay. Captain Marvel. And how is that involved, then? Captain Marvel, well, Captain Marvel became a thing when there was an accident... Marvel was killed and their DNA was mixed, so she became half Cree, okay. half human, and that's how she got her powers. So the origin is completely different. That's not spoiling anything in the movie because the movie is completely different. Yeah, because the movie doesn't deal with any of that stuff. Of, no, of that origin, and basically. Because see, uh, it's like to put a general blanket over uh, one of the things that uh, uh, to contrast the two movies, Alita as a very strong female character mm-hmm. without the the wink wink and the nod nod and the nudge nudge through the whole movie yeah um it's just an awesome woman doing awesome things through it's kind the of whole like movie. an honest character to me without a separate agenda you know it's just an honest character right. that's just doing her thing but behind the scenes for captain marvel they wanted so to push it so far that they turn marvell into a woman not a man uh-huh and completely changed the history. And then on top of that, because they didn't want her powers to come from a man. Yeah. So, well, uh, and that's that's one thing. And then the Kree and the Skrulls have been at war for thousands and thousands of years. They're both warmonger races. There's nothing good about either one of them at all. Yeah. And I won't go into how the movie changes it because it's a bit in spoiler territory, but... They change that a lot, and I think they kind of cripple both races by the way they're portrayed in the movie. Okay. And even um, a character—I don't I, again—I don't want to go too into it—but a character that's a side character in this movie that's in some of the other Marvel movies mm-hmm. uh, as a villain, they they kind of kneecap him too. Like he's <laughs> he's he's weird. Like I don't like what they did with him, and it's—I guess I'll talk to you a little more. Uh, okay. Well, camera, I guess. But... Well, I guess once Candyman has seen the movie, or the movies, then we can have a full spoily review of both of them, and we can get into the in depth of why we like or don't like certain aspects. Uh, well, oh, one thing I will say is it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie, and I, I do recommend going to see it. I mean, I enjoyed I, it. I mean, it was, was it was really entertaining. It was highly entertaining. Uh, you know, but uh, but I, I will say this, which is not super spoiler. It's just like her character seemed a little bit one-dimensional, but I can understand why they wrote it that way. But I, I couldn't relate as much to her character as I could to Alita, which is weird so, because Alita is half cyborg. She's like half, or, you know, I guess she's got a human brain, but she, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to relate to Alita, and I was. So uh, what, what I told my wife on the way back in the car after watching Alita, which I watched after, um, I told her there was more heart and soul in a single frame of Alita than there was in over the two hours I sat through Captain Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I would agree wholeheartedly with that statement. Like, if Josue wanted asked me, you want to go to the movies tonight, and he said, you want to watch Alita or Captain Marvel, I've watched Alita twice already, I would go see Alita a third time instead of <laughs> going to see Captain Marvel a second time. Well, and the funny thing, too, is Alita is built off of, I think there's like seven graphic novels, right? Something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Whereas Captain Marvel's been around since the 60s. There's been, I think, seven different iterations of Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. And, and so if you look at the history of the two things, Captain Marvel should be much richer, but 
they they abandoned all of that and created something brand new, which you can't fault them. It's the MCU. So they're, yeah. they're creating it for the MCU. And yeah. they basically just did this really quickly to get her into the next Avengers movie. What it feels like. Yeah, the, the only time that I... Because I, I don't relate to Captain Marvel because I'm not a Marvel person myself. Like, in growing up in Colombia, Marvel stuff was not readily available. Only DC stuff was, which is weird. And the only Marvel property that was down there was uh, Spider-Man. So I didn't really have a lot of... I didn't even know who the X-Men were or whatever. But the only way I can relate to that is in the similar way that the reboot of Battlestar Galactica took my favorite character and turned it into a woman with a cigar. And I, t- I, t- I yeah. took personal offense to that. I'm like, you, you can create a strong woman character without taking over the Starbuck that I, I grew up with and I, that I love. They destroyed, they destroyed my favorite character from Battlestar Galactica. And I'm, and I'm not saying they can't be a strong woman role. I'm, I'm all good. I, I, I like strong woman roles. Man, I love Wonder Woman, man. I love aliens, you know, I, you know, all those, all those strong women. I love that stuff, man. But when you take a character that is beloved by a group of people and then you twist it in a way and then you kind of spit on it to try to make a point, I have a big problem with that. I honestly do. I don't like agendas in my, in my entertainment. I really don't. So, but well, anyway. They, there yeah. are, uh, again, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm a devil's advocate kind of guy. I, I do it all the time, whether I agree or not. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, there is a lot of history in in Marvel, especially, but in all comics, of the the women heroes being secondary and basically being shoehorned to whatever man gave them their powers. So, I see the argument and why they did the things. And I mean, there's there's tons of websites out there where you can read about it, and you'll see basically why they changed Captain Marvel to be this way. Yeah, but but it wasn't really necessary. Is is where I'm coming from? I, I mean, I. I I'm not saying it's bad at all. The movie's good, and she's going to be awesome in Avengers. I just—it feels like this was a rush job to get her into that movie. It doesn't feel like they spent much time on the script. Um, it's basically—and I can sum it up for Candyman before you go see it, so that you're prepared. It's a buddy cop movie with her and Sam Jack high fiving and winking at each other for two hours. Yeah, honestly, that sounds a little disappointing. Yeah. So as long as you go in thinking you know this isn't the op captain marvel from the comics which you will get a little bit but mainly that's going to be in the avengers no yeah that's what i figured so um all right well uh, are we ready to jump to the news segment news news the news the news the news new donkey podcast news i'm gonna talk a second about sniper elite because Andrew will be interested that there's a VR version of Sniper Elite coming out. They're remastering yes. Sniper Elite 2. I nice. saw that. And I did play through Sniper Elite 2 and 3. I own 4, and that's another game I'm going to play. It's Sniper Elite 4. Yep. They have announced a Sniper Elite 5. And, and then there's a Sniper Elite version 3 for the Switch now has been announced. So that's that's on the Sniper Elite news. So I want to talk about what you guys think about Stardew Valley becoming an eSport. That's just weird to me. Well, I didn't even know that. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, I've played Stardew Valley, and it's a very tranquil, very, um, very what, relaxing game about planting vegetables and making friends with the people in a town, you know? And you can play that game for hours. Honestly, that game is really addicting. Uh, and I could see Candyman playing that thing for years. 
Uh, actually, Candyman, you had a girlfriend that came a game to Ethan Cito when we met you at the Comic Con in 2009. What was the name of that game? Oh, yeah, Heather, probably. Well, that, Heather was her name, but she gave Ethan Cito a game. What was the name? Moon Harvest? Rune Factory. Rune Factory, and you told me that Harvest that's like... Moon. What? Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon. There you go, Harvest Moon. And that Harvest Moon is pretty much what they used to come up with Stardew Valley, right? Is that pretty much that game yeah, in modern form? So it's yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's just a game where you you can go adventuring and you unlock different locations and then you you have to grow vegetables during the proper season and then you sell them and then if you're trying to grow a vegetable that's not in season you have to build a greenhouse and stuff like that. So I I don't know if any of you guys have any idea how they can turn that into an esport like throwing cabbages at each other's heads, running around <laughs> and mutilating the little villagers and throwing them into the river. I have no clue. How you can I know that. it's a really popular game. I mean, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, and almost everybody played it at some point. Everybody was talking about it. And there's a co-op version of yeah, it now. But I just don't see it. I just don't see it. You know, people watching that, like an eSport, getting all excited. All right, yeah. they just spawn to a whole bunch of plants. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah, he just That's weird. He just caught a rare silverfish. He just pulled a head or something. I don't know. Right. That's just weird stuff. So. Cutthroat Stardew Valley. Uh, I guess. Sport. I yeah. guess it's like a really toned down kind of StarCraft. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, guess. Yeah. There's alien. It's gonna be what? What's that? The uh, the body snatchers. That that old movie. The. Yeah, Body Snatchers, wasn't that the game? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There you go, because that fits the theme, right? You get like an alien plant that starts making a copy of the people and it starts taking over the whole, you know. I play that game. Yeah, that, that actually sounds like a cool game. And that would be competitive eSport. One person plays the alien, the other one plays the farmers who are trying to keep the aliens off and they're beating, building like earth defense stuff and I think we're talking about XCOM now. But anyway... <laughs> Um, so what about, how do you guys feel about the purchases that Microsoft is doing right now where they bought Obsidian and in exile? And so Pillars of Eternity now is going to be owned by Microsoft and is that going to be offered on Steam? Do we have to, are we going to be forced to go onto Microsoft dumb game for Windows thing to like buy our games now from? So Steam? the existing franchises aren't going to change. You don't have to worry about that. Oh, okay. So those will all stay on Steam and, and GOG and whatever else. Mm -hmm. It's just they're going to be creating something brand new for Xbox. Okay, but is that going to be... Are they going to sell stuff on Steam? Because I, I was reading a PC interview with with uh, Microsoft and with Xbox and saying, hey, are, are these games going to be available on Steam or some other platform? And they're, they're kinda, they kind of want to say yes, but they don't want to say yes. And in the so end, they, they're probably not going to have it on Steam. Or, you know, the know. easy answer is everything that you like and play now will continue to be available. Yeah. But the stuff that they create that's new, now that they're owned by Microsoft, is not going to be on Steam. Yeah, but, but Microsoft doesn't have a good repertoire with PC gamers. And they don't open their well, source for people to mod games. And this is no. a big problem. And Microsoft doesn't seem to be get off of that high horse. And let people play yeah. with their toys, man. And I have a big problem with that. And and just on, on even though I like Years of War and all those games, on principle, I don't want to buy anything from Microsoft. I really don't. It just rubs me the wrong way. I don't. I don't know if anybody has feelings on this matter or not. If I'm the only one, but no. It, well, and so my my uh, I don't know if the, maybe this isn't the time, but my 
I, I think we're personally, I not to be like all doom and gloom or run around <laughs> the sky is falling, but but I think we're in kind of a dark time for and or arguably you could probably say this for the last ten years. I feel like we're getting into a dark time with with PC gaming, mm-hmm. and I, to to some degree it, it it smells exactly like what we were talking about before the streaming wars. We're we're getting into this this area where everything's getting fragmented and. You know, nobody wants to pay a cut to to someone else. Just like the same thing's happening with like the Apple Store and the Google Store. Yeah. You know, like applications are people are like pulling out of the stores and making their own store because they don't want to pay thirty percent to Google or thirty percent to Apple. Nobody wants to pay a slice to someone else, and so they're taking their toys and going home, and they're saying, "No, no, no! If you want to watch CBS, you're going to have to pay CBS." You know, we don't want to pay. We don't want Netflix to get thirty percent. We want you to just pay us a hundred percent. Everyone's trying to cut out the middleman, and so we're getting into this dark place where, you know, every game company wants to have their own store and their own launcher and their own friends list, and and that's that's a pain in the butt. But it's not the end of the world. But the place where I feel like we're we are getting into the <laughs> melodramatically speaking, the mm-hmm. end of the world. <laughs> Is we're getting this console exclusive bullshit, where where people are buying games like like and the and the, the the core example of this right now is Epic Games, who yeah. has their their game store and they're paying uh, companies to give them one year of exclusivity to their store. Yeah. So if you want to, so when a game comes out, if you want to play it, play it for within one year of its release you have to buy it from from their store. And, and that's the kind of stuff where you go, well, if you want to play Halo, you need an Xbox. And if you want to play, you know, whatever, you have to have a PlayStation 4. And, and I just think it's an absolute load of bullshit. And it's, you know, I really don't like it. Well, about 10 years ago, I had a discussion with Andrew and I told him, I wish we would be in a time where there was just be a unification of platforms. Obviously, this can't happen because of competition, but... Well, what you're, what you're talking to about specifically is this game that's coming out called Phoenix Point, which is a spiritual successor to the XCOM games. And it is it, it was in Kickstarter. And by the way, people that backed it didn't know that this game was going to be exclusively on, on the Epic Game Store, which, by the way, it's owned by the people that make Fortnite, right? And all those games. And so it's it's owned mm-hmm. by the people that make Fortnite, and they've got I mean they've basically got God money right now because Fortnite is just a cultural phenomenon. So yeah. so they're just basically throwing around money, and so so to their credit, and this is the problem I have. This is the core problem they have, and I'm I'm sorry, I kind of interrupted. No, go ahead. Go the, ahead. the problem is that they're that they're they, they could be doing a good thing. So so the core thing Epic does offer is that they're basically taking a smaller cut. Yeah. Of, of the proceeds, which means the game developers get more. And I mean, I, I think just much like with music and other things, I don't think there's many of us that would look back and say, no, you know, I don't want the creator of this great product to get paid because I obviously think that people that, you know, make good games should get paid. But the problem is they're not, they're not competing by like, just by offering better prices. That's how they could compete. But instead they're cheating they're competing through exclusivity. They're mm-hmm. they're paying people to give them the only rights to distribute a game, and therefore they're not competing. They're they're just paying. You know, they're not competing at all. They're paying. They're bribing. They're paying the other party off to to, to get to give them the win instead of competing fairly. And I, you know, I, I just think it's a really bad look. Yeah. No, I I agree. I agree completely Same. with that. 
Same um, thing like with Diablo 1. I see that this is like uh, the next segment, but yeah, right. I can definitely see the same thing. Diablo 1 being in, not uh, not on Blizzard app, but what, like, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, Diablo 1 being, being uh, remade or recoded or, you know, rebranded and sold in good old games. Doesn't Blizzard have the rights to that or am I wrong? I mean, why is this not offered through Blizzard? And this is a similar thing that happened with Age of Empires back when... Uh, when, when Windows 7 came out, Age of Empires 2, which to me is one of the best uh, real-time strategy, but maybe I'm biased, but I, you could not play it on Windows 7 because the game would not run. Microsoft mm -hmm. didn't give a crap that, that, that Age of Empires 2 didn't run on Windows 7. You know who gave a crap? Steam. Steam made uh, re-release an HD version of uh, Age of Empires, whoever that developer was, through Steam, and released it, and, and they, made, they made it playable across all the, any Windows, you know, operating system, basically. What, what did Microsoft do? Microsoft turned around and tried to make quick money by doing Age of Empires Online, which was a horrible release, and it just crash-landed because everybody saw it for what it was, which is a money grab. So, and they didn't, they, they never offered any interest in like supporting Age of Empires 2 and all that stuff. And I don't know, I think that people have the, the wrong, the wrong, uh, what is it? They're not paying attention to the right things. I think maybe they're paying attention to their board of directors, to the investors, and they're not paying attention to the gamers. In my opinion, gamers are not in charge of anything. And this is very, very evident in what happened to Activision Blizzard. I mean, the, what, what is happening? You know, gaming is, is being, stepped on and, and, and trampled and I don't I don't like this you know it's it's mm -hmm. I mean that's my soapbox but I really don't know I mean I'm happy that Diablo 1 is here regardless of what platform or what what service it is on uh, what what I do want is and I know like 10 years ago PlayStation like Sony had a good deal with Steam I think they were having some cross-platform stuff didn't they or they were like sharing a little bit I don't know where that all went because I wouldn't mind playing the new uh, what is it? The, um, the Last of Us? I wouldn't mind playing that on computer. I don't feel like I need to get another PlayStation to play Last of Us. I hope the next Last of Us is playable on the PS4. You know? Uh, and what, what's the other game that's coming out that, that's also on the, on the notes Days here? Days Gone. Days Gone. Uh, I want to play Days Gone. I'm really excited about that game. I, I don't like that it's an exclusive. I wish that it would be available for everybody. And... I, I mind it less if it's a time exclusive, but I guess PlayStation, you know, because PlayStation has, they sold like what, two to one when you compare it to Xbox One? Way, way more than that. More, it was four or five to one. They And that's why Microsoft is doing all this stuff. They yeah. lost because of the exclusivities. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I mean, PlayStation, granted, The Last of Us is one of the best games I've ever played in my life, period. PC, yeah. console, or otherwise, The Last of Us is anybody that loves any kind of zombie game needs to play The Last of Us at some point in their life. That game well, is... Well, I'd, I'd uh, say that about all of Sony's Japan Studios games. Like, yeah. that, that's why I'm a Sony fanboy. Yeah. Is because their, their exclusives, the ones that they pay for and make themselves, are ridiculously good. If Uncharted. You like, <laughs> yeah, a prime example, Uncharted. If you like narrative yeah. single-player games, then Sony is where you need to go. Yeah, and I love the Uncharted series. I have played the three Uncharted games, and I'm about to play the next game, the A Thief's End. I haven't played it yet, but I I bought it and I have it on PS4, and I'm gonna play it. I just uh, I just want to consolidate everything under one platform. That's my wish. I know it's not gonna happen, and you know it's well, but that'll never happen with Sony, but yeah. it will happen with Microsoft, and it's because they lost. They they've completely lost, and because of that, they're in the hole. And to be honest, I thought next year they were going to sell off Xbox. I thought they were going to sell it off to Amazon, to oh, be honest. Really? 
Yeah, and oh. I thought that's the way they were going to go. But instead, they started making purchases so they can get a, some exclusivity. But if you look at the other entertainment industries, if you look at music and movies, mm-hmm. um, so if you look at music primarily, you, you guys know Apple was completely closed off. If you had Apple Music or iTunes, basically, you couldn't listen to that stuff anywhere else. You had to listen to it either on an iPhone or an iPod or whatever else. You, you could not listen to that stuff anywhere else because they locked their system down. And the reason they did is because they had no reason to share. They yeah. were on top. Yeah. But then yeah. Amazon came along, and Google did first, but, but really Google couldn't even touch Apple. But Amazon came along and let it so that any music you bought from Amazon, you could play on anything. It didn't matter. You can play on your iPhone. You can play on any Google device, basically your PC, uh, any tablet, anything. So I don't know if you guys heard this, but this past week, finally, Apple threw in the towel. They, they're letting you use Apple Music on... Uh, Android platforms now. Oh, that's oh, huge. Wow. That is yeah. huge. Because they know that they've lost. They're, that their closed system is costing them money. Yeah. So, and if you switch that over, and and I mean, if you can think of it as an evolution, gaming is still like pretty new. I, I know it's been around forever, and we've been gamers almost our whole lives. But if you look at the industry as a whole, the evolution is still making very small baby steps. Mm-hmm. And so, if you put that in in terms of music and movies. The music industry um, blew up back in the Napster days and all that stuff when when people were fighting over the money. Yeah. So they had to make some big changes. But movies, I don't know if any of you guys have uh, Movies Anywhere, the Disney app that evolved. So basically that app connected Amazon, Flickster, um, I can't think of all of them, but basically any, any source that you buy Vudu is on there also. Any place that you buy digital movies... You can access those on one app now. They're all connected. And it doesn't matter which app you use. It's, 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 all you have to do is connect them. Yeah. So even if I open huh. my Amazon app, everything that I bought from Vudu or from Flickster or anything else, is, it's going to be there because they've connected all of them. So I think eventually that's the way the PC market's going to go. Hmm. It's going to take a while because everybody wants their piece right now. But yeah. I think on the PC... It's gonna it's gonna get to a point where people are gonna get pissed off about having to log in to, um, you know the the freaking Battle.net or um, yeah. each individual app. Yeah, each yeah. individual app, and and I've got them all. Trust me, I've got them all already on my computer. And I've even one of the main reasons I go to Epic is because they give two free games a month. So I just go in and get my free game. I don't download it. I just get it. Yeah, and then okay. it's in my library. So I, I do have an Epic account, but. I'm a I'm a Steam freak. You can't beat Steam to me. I don't understand why Epic is gaining so much ground. And it's like Candyman said, it's because how they're dividing their profits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good for the industry. Oh yeah. But I mm-hmm. think eventually all of these apps, and I'm hoping what my hope is, it's going to be Dell and HP and you know the actual manufacturers. I think it's them that's going to build some kind of hub where you can connect everything so that you only go to one place for all your games. It doesn't matter where they are. Well, they're, they're, that... they already have a store software that unites all your, all your, you know, your Origin, your Steam, your Epic, right, your right. little games. They have one software that unites them all, so it gives you a consolidated library. Now, it's not without bugs and problems. I just read the article exactly. on PC Gamer, so it's not there yet. But they're they're working on it on like unifying everything. But I think that that's going to be the future, where it won't matter which store you go to. So mm-hmm. those exclusivities, that's the important part. They'll still get their cut. And you'll still have to go to those places to buy the games, but then when you play it, it won't matter. You're playing them from the same place on your PC. That's what I'm hoping yeah. eventually is going to happen. 
and and that's what's happened in the movie industry. Okay. So 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 one other thing I did want to bring up, and I I don't know if you guys have you know heard this or not. I posted a link in the in the Discord. Um, this is kind of an interesting thing. I, I again I don't know how how bad it is. But there was a thing that came out recently that Epic... So so basically, there's a file in your Steam directory that essentially says um, what games you've played, how much you've played them, mm-hmm. um, who your Steam friends are. It's kind of like a, a personal info file, basically, that has like all... You know, kind of the, the, the summary of you as a gamer. Yeah. What, you know, what games you've played, how many hours you've played them, who your friends are. Just kind of personal details about your account, including stuff that may not be displayed on steam like your like you can like your steam profiles used to default to public and now they're private so there's information more information used to be available than is now but um it turns out the epic game launcher actually makes a copy of your steam file oh really and so and there's kind of a controversy about it you can read the you can read the article and make your own decision but they, so basically, Epic is making a copy of all your Steam information and encrypting it and uh, grabbing that. Um, now, they say they're only using it to add your Steam friends on Epic Games. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that could very well be. To so handle um, data mining. Yeah. That sounds familiar, like how they promote ads to you on Facebook. Or when, if you go to Amazon, you start searching, well, I don't know, for dog food. Out of nowhere in Facebook, they're promoting. Yeah, hey, here's some dog food. They're the latest, the best, whatever. Um, I don't like that because that's really like touching on your privacy. You know, I, I that's that should not be. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. I mean, it, whether they admit to it or not, they are data mining. They're they're gonna change the store to, to basically just like Amazon does to reflect your buying. Yeah. Habits. Okay, so Try I'll go ahead and this. link this article at Cameo and send. I'll put a link on the show notes then for anybody who's interested mm-hmm. on, on looking at that. So we got maybe time for one or two more topics before we got to go because this thing is long in the tooth here. Um, yeah. So uh, do we want to talk really quick about like uh, cloud gaming? I know that's a recent topic because of this. What was that service that we're talking about? Shadow. Shadow Cloud Gaming. Does anybody know anything about the Shadow Cloud Gaming? Mm, no. I don't know anything specifically about the Shadow Cloud, but I I was in the beta for Project Stream for yeah. Ubisoft's stream. Yeah, and I I was like, a, I, they could, they should have paid me, paid me to be a beta tester the way that I put that thing through its motions. I was playing on public uh, Wi-Fi. I was playing at home. I was playing wired and unwired. Um, I was playing mouse and keyboard. I was playing controller. I did everything I could think of, and. Yeah. It never had any issues at all. I was playing um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I mean, it, it was playing in 4K on my laptop, and it was just buttery smooth. Never had any lag problems or anything. And it was really cool because nothing, absolutely nothing is on my laptop. So even your saved game is in their servers. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so I would even, just to try it, I would even switch and play on different people's computers. I would just log in. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I pulled up because it's in the browser it's in a google browser is how it works yeah so i would actually pull up an incognito window and open it up at work on my work pc yeah 
<laughs> just to see what would happen because I, I figured it would be blocked anyway i didn't think i'd be able to get in and sure enough it worked fine oh wow so it's it's really crazy yeah that that thing just works but i'm I guess, interested i wonder how much uh you know megabytes per second that thing has to um be in constant uh, communicating with the server because that's that's a lot you know, in order for you to have like a 4k resolution yeah exactly. and I, have, I have a data cap on my service so that would be a problem for me yeah, yeah so uh, no and the other the other thing will be that it really depends on your internet you really have to have like really good internet i it might you know you won't be able to have it like what one megabyte or something like that you know like so yeah, that, that was another thing that i did is is i purposely switched from my 5k to my 2.4 on my wi-fi just to see what would happen uh, it was still uh, buttery smooth so i don't know what kind of magic they're doing on their end but they're doing something crazy where all the processing is on their end there's nothing really going on. i mean you could technically play this on like a real busted old pc because none of the none of the power is coming from your pc and they're somehow magically enhancing whatever internet you're using also because in the 2.4 it still looked and played amazing so i, oh, I don't wow. understand i don't understand how they're doing it but what i want to know is when it actually launches and gdc is coming up actually this next week it starts on uh -huh. the 18th it starts tomorrow and gdc is when they're supposed to announce probably google's either gaming console or their service or whatever it's going to be and i'm really curious to see what happens when they launch this thing because once you get that ocean of people jumping online, I want to see what happens with the lags and what happens with the actual games. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that because I'm interested. Especially but if you're I'm on the really road and yeah, if you're on the road and you want to play something and uh, you don't want your yeah, laptop even... to get super hot, you know, my laptop gets really hot, yeah, yeah. really warm one. Mine does too. Yeah. So that's uh, an only great. Not only that, like you will not be spending much money like upgrading a GPU just because this brand new game that just came out, you know, you want you want to play it, you know, that would be great. Yeah, I even game. played it at a Starbucks to let you guys know, you know, some of the crazy places I took it. I took it to a Barnes and Noble. I took it to a Starbucks. Okay. And I never had a problem on any of these like public Wi-Fi's either. I just turned my VPN on, which also cripples your. It should cripple whatever's coming into your system, turning yeah, on the VPN. Right. But, but no, right. it still it still worked crazy good. Okay. Wow. I think maybe yeah. uh, if you don't mind for next episode, if you want to give us a research of what VPN you use and the price points for VPN for whoever's sure, sure. using VPNs, well, that's and, a good thing to talk about. I'm actually going to be going overseas um, in a couple months, so I found out the one I have, which I would highly recommend if you're in the states, is mm -hmm. great, but it doesn't work in China where oh, I'm okay. going. So um, I, I can, yeah, next time I can talk about some of the better uh, options also. Okay. I've researched it pretty good. Okay. Also, just a heads up, the next podcast, the April podcast, is going to be centered on Lovecraft and the Cthulhu Mythos. Because I'm actually going to do an interview with a guy I met at Aokan who, who writes for Newcomer Games, who makes, uh, you know, uh, stories and role-playing stuff for Newcomer Games. His name is Ben Burns, and he wrote a series of stories called The Devil Swamp, based on a real swamp in Massachusetts, uh, you know, and their Lovecraft adventures for the Call of the Cthulhu role-playing game, 7th edition. So I talked to him, and he's gonna, he agreed to give me an interview, and so I will be putting that interview. But if you guys want to go on the scary, more occult side, we can do an exclusive, like, you know, kind of like a scary version of the podcast centered on, like, the Cthulhu mythos for next time. 
So nice. if you guys want to be thinking about stories and things you want to discuss in his universe, you know, anything related to Cthulhu, really, all the way from Stephen King, you know, uh, to mm-hmm. John Carpenter, to uh, video games like the, the Sunken City that's coming up, right? And um, and this, the Sunless Seas or any, any kind of property that has to do with Cthulhu Mythos, we will talk about. So, so you guys know. So I guess before we wrap up, does anybody want to, is there any, any topic that anybody wants to talk about before we sign off here? I think it's been good. We're good? All right. Well, yeah. thank you guys for being here in the Mutant Donkey podcast. So Candyman, thank you for joining us. Are you going to be a regular in our podcast? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll definitely come. Okay. Sounds good. So we'll see you guys the next one. Thanks to Mopi and Ethan Sito. Um, thank yes. you for to Andrew from uh, Texas and to Josue and then Ethan from California he may be a, maybe a couple podcasts before he comes back I think he has a conflict in April but we'll we'll figure it out we'll find out for now I think we have enough podcasters to make it to make it through so guys thanks again and I guess we'll see you next time thank you for listening to the Mutant Ducky podcast if you'd like to contact us please send us an email at mutantdonkey at gmail.com that's Mutant Donkey with a 3 instead of an E at gmail.com. We will also put this email address in the show notes. Thank you.